This is Iron Claw, and you're listening to Verbally Challenged. I think it's time for an upgrade. You know? Yeah, you could have done it uh, Black Friday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we still got Cyber Monday, so we'll see what happens. Oh, that's true. You're probably going to be better, to be honest. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Verbally Challenged. We hope you had a safe and happy Thanksgiving weekend. I'm Harry from BX, and I'm back here with Paul C. from the Cool Table Network show, building up to it. How are you, bro? What's up? What's up? Glad to be here. All right, man. You know what we're here for. We're going to talk some wrestling and stuff. But before that, how was your Thanksgiving, man? How, how was it for you? Thanksgiving was nice. Uh, we typically do Thanksgiving up uh, with my wife's family up in Michigan. So we uh, have been doing a lot of traveling back and forth uh, over the past couple of weeks. But um, but everything was really nice. It was nice to be with family again. And um, the baby did well in the car and all that kind of stuff. And got to introduce her to some some members on that side for the first time. So it was really cool. And we really enjoyed it. How about you? How was your Thanksgiving? It was good, man. Good. Nice and low key. You know, usually I try to hook up with the family in Virginia and stuff like that. But uh, with work and all the traveling, uh, wound up just being a low key weekend here with my girlfriend and her son. You know, she cooked a lot of food, which was awesome. Everything just was fabulous. It tasted so good <laughs> uh, and definitely indulged over the weekend. Yeah. And, thank uh, God for the uh, ROC weight loss challenge coming up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, I gotta, I'm gonna need that to get motivated, man. Cause I've, the past few weeks have just been like, ah, whatever, you know, been in, indulging. So looking forward to that coming up soon, but uh, a nice low key weekend, man, just kind of chilled out, uh, caught up on some television shows and, um, you know, caught up with some wrestling and stuff like that, which is always good, you know. Yeah, so. always fun. Lots of wrestling to catch up on. Over the, the past, like, six weeks, there's been pay-per-view after pay-per-view after pay-per-view <laughs> and lots <laughs> of stuff going on. Exactly, man, exactly. We even got this little, like, Starcade event um, unexpectedly because they did that last year, but it was like a house show, uh, which was the same format this year, but definitely wasn't, like, expecting to – get like a presentation on the network and kind of just like last minute they announced that they were gonna you know be showing an hour of it this weekend so i was like oh pretty cool um so that was actually today so we could cover that real quick um throughout the course of the show nice um yeah well do you got to check out nxt takeover uh war games and survivor series right how would you those two i'm uh, i i was able to watch those two but i did not get a chance to see Starcade just because we were we were on the road uh today and uh we got a impending blizzard coming so we were trying to to get there before the, the storm came so i didn't get a chance to catch starcade but the other two i'm good to go all right nice nice well you didn't miss much with starcade Basically, again, just like a house show that they wound up, um, you know, televising and broadcasting like a few of the matches. Uh, a couple of curious things that we'll bring up uh, when we get to it, uh, especially considering like the nature and like the history uh, of the event and um, some of the other matches that were on the show, what they decided not to to broadcast, which I thought was like a little weird, at least one of the matches. So uh, we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. But first up, uh, let's tackle NXT TakeOver War Games. It took place from the Staples Center on Saturday, November 17th, uh, Los Angeles, California. 
So this was one we I know we was looking forward to it. You know, these takeover events, we've always talked about it like, man, they just seem to get better and better. And we always wonder if they're going to wind up like topping themselves. And, you know, and it's like, I don't know if we should even say to our surprise anymore, but I feel like <laughs> they've topped themselves like once again. Yeah, man, this, they get man. better and better. This one, this one included, man, it was a it was a hell of a show. And I didn't see the last takeover war games, so I can't really compare it. But this was a hell of a show. Like it was real cool. And I don't really remember much of the WCW war games format when they did that. So this was everything seemed fresh and 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 new to me. And I was really, really intrigued. And I thought it was really, really an interesting, an interesting thing to do. And I think they did it really well. The show was great. Really, really good. Yeah, man. They just continually top themselves. They definitely leave like the main roster shows with something to to strive towards, you know. And and it's it's funny when they do these back to back shows on these weekends, these bigger pay per view weekends. And it's like, you know, I know it, it may be deep down between the rosters that it probably is a little bit of that competition, like you know which show could do better. And uh, it always just seems like in ring, you know, just presentation, everything like takeover, in my opinion, always just seems to top out what the main roster is doing nowadays. So yeah. uh, there's no there's almost no comparison, which is sad. But I think I think there is that competition between the rosters. They probably feel that that desire to to really steal the show. But like, I think Vince doesn't give a shit about NXT. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think he watches that at all. And and that, that's why. That's why Triple H has been able to do so much that he can with it and kind of make it its own thing. Um, so that makes it for a really fun product. But I don't. But I think that like Vince, certainly as we talk about when we get to, to Survivor Series, like he really only cares about the main roster, and even there, he only cares about Raw. Like, it's, <laughs> like he doesn't give a shit about anything else. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. And maybe that's a good thing. You know, maybe it's good that Triple H is left to his own devices when it comes to NXT. And that's probably why it's coming out so good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so this show opened uh, with actually with an unadvertised match. Um, kind of was expecting it to be on the show, but they didn't really build up to it. So they kind of presented it here um, almost with no build. It was supposed to take place on the, the NXT television show uh following nxt takeover war games so the king of bros made his takeover debut against uh cassius ono and just a very quick four or five second uh match you know he came out to the ring basically uh said that uh ko was talking smack and uh you know challenged him to a match so cassius ono came down to the ring said riddle wasn't ready for a takeover event shouldn't even be in the ring challenged him basically to the match and as soon as the ref rang the bell he ran at him with a running knee caught him with the one two three what do you think i thought it was like an amazing debut for matt riddle and I, I'm, I'm pumped for that dude to be in in nxt um so i, I was excited i thought it was really cool i thought it I wasn't expecting it to be honest, but it makes sense, and I love that they basically this has now protected his his running knee and and the running knee in general. Like, this has made this like as realistic a, of of a finishing move as you can get. Like, that would have knocked that would knock the fuck out of someone. Yeah, it looked um, really good. It looked really good. Yeah, it was really really good. And then and I think it it still somewhat protects Cassius Ono. Like, it's because they they weren't planning on the match today or, or that day or anything like that. So like. He can still say he wasn't ready for it or whatever, but like even after he got clocked with that knee and he got pinned, he was still looking around like, "What? What just happened?" Like he, it's like he, <laughs> he, he didn't really know. So yeah. he sold it super well, and it, it made Riddle look amazing. 
and uh, and I, I still think they they've got some mileage in this feud because they can like really go and, and like they can do. I don't know if like they've still if they've done it in the tapings or not. Like if they still were doing their match together, like their first full match. Um, but like they can still continue on with this feud a bit um, now that like Cassius Ono can he Ono can can prepare. He wasn't prepared yet because they weren't <laughs> planning on having a match today or or whatever it might be. There's there's quote unquote legit excuses as to why it went the way that it did so that they could still have a good barn burner of a match coming up. So I'm, I'm hoping that they can keep going because uh, they're both really talented dudes. And, uh, and I'm curious to see them go for more than three seconds or whatever it was, but this is an awesome way to debut Matt Riddle. Like this makes him look amazing. So I'm, I thought it was really cool. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I thought it was a, a good kind of way to showcase them and, and kind of very quickly just give the guys some time um, on a show, which didn't doesn't have a lot of matches, but I'm sure they were uh, timing it out, you know, due to the nature of the War Games match, because that match in particular needed a lot of time on the show. And, yeah. uh, and Baszler and Kyrie Sane was also two out of three falls match. So you kind of thought that they needed time. Um, but we'll get to that because that was the next match. But a uh, cool way to debut Riddle. Um, I do think there are legs in this feud, like you said, because, um, you know, just the way they've been building it up with Cassius on NXT TV, the way he, he just kind of goes to Regal in the back and it's like, oh, you know, you got a new toy. You know what I'm saying? Like, give him to me. You know what I'm saying? And, I, and I'll and, you know, I'll show him, you know, what it what it what what it means to be around here, you know. So um, that's always like a good thing. Kind of what Ziggler was doing on SmackDown like about a year ago with the NXT call ups like there, almost the same thing. So, yeah, he's like the basically he's this, like the star maker kind of a thing. Like, if you want to do it, you got to go through me and then. And then actually has like really great matches, and then and, and totally puts him over even if he loses. So I thought that's, it's a real cool, it's a very honorable role to have. Um, so so I I think it's cool. Yep, yep. So I'm um, definitely looking forward to see. They could definitely get another match out of this if they build up to maybe a a takeover event maybe coming up in January. Um, you know what I'm saying? The NXT usually slow rolls it. So, um, yeah. I think they should give Cassius Ono and Matt Riddle maybe like a proper match at the next takeover. Yeah, I think it'll be good. And then I, I, I want to, I just, I'm just excited for Matt Riddle because that, that dude is great and I'm, I, he can have a good feud with anybody. So I'm, I'm excited for the feud with Ono because Ono's great. I, I want to see him maybe up against like Keith Lee, something like that, which will be great. Have him put, put him up against, like that guy can go against certainly anybody for the U.S. title. Uh, or is is that what is, it, what is the title? Is it the U.S. title? What's the the one that Adam Cole has currently? Oh, the North American North, North American title. title. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Anybody in in that at that level certainly. And if they don't put the the actual like the NXT championship on him eventually, like. It's a missed opportunity. So I, th- I think, well, who knows? They might just, just like eject your seat up into the main roster right away. I'm not, I'm not really sure. <laughs> so we'll yeah. see how it goes. But either way, like he can, that guy is, is a star and he can have a great feud against anybody. So I'm, I'm excited for his future in, in NXT, certainly. Were you, were you uh, familiar with Matt Riddle before make him making his debut here? At WWE? Um, I, I, was somewhat familiar with him just from his like PWG stuff. And, and I know he's had some good matches uh, against Keith Lee, like in, in PWG and I'm a big fan of Keith Lee. So um, I knew of him from there, but I wasn't like a huge fan of a huge follower. Um, but I, I, once I heard that he got signed and all that kind of stuff, that's what I, I kind of looked up some, like some history matches and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, man, that, that dude is great. Like he is really, really good. I don't know if his, 
King of Bros persona is going to go over well in the main roster yet. I haven't mm-hmm. quite figured out if if he's going to need to change it. Um, but I think he's one where the ability will outshine whatever, even if he gets a shit gimmick, I think his ability will be good enough. And I think because he legit is just like, whatever, man, that, that that's cool. Like, because he <laughs> legit doesn't care, and this is pretty accurate to how he really is, yeah. that, like, even if he gets a, a, a shit character, he's like, all right, whatever, man. And then he'll just go, you know, have a hell of a match against whomever, and then it'll he'll, he'll naturally get over that way, I think. All right, so we'll see where it goes. I know, like, another issue with him signing, I think, before was that, you know, he likes to, you know, indulge in smoke and weed and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that, and I know that's an issue with yeah. WWE. So, maybe, I don't know if he's subsided or if they're just kind of, like, you know, like, whatever. They're just kind of working through that with him, <laughs> you know, so. I wonder if, like, uh, in NXT, they're like, okay, it's fine, but if you want to, if you want to get into the main roster, then then you, you got to be clean for that. So this is like almost his detox period. Like he's like going through this, and he's like <laughs> he, he's slowly like phasing it out. I'm not sure. <laughs> but, uh, I wonder if that's if, if that's what's gonna like how it's gonna culminate in his main roster debut. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that works out. But a uh, pretty cool debut for Matt Riddle there. Yeah, so. it looks strong, and I'm excited. Yep. So next uh, match was a uh, best at a two out of three falls matchup for the NXT Women's Championship. The champion Shayna Baszler was defending against uh, the former title holder Kyrie Sane, who was getting her rematch here from Evolution. She lost the title back to Baszler at that pay per view. So you know, for a two out of three falls match, I thought again that they, you know, they were so there were only the four matches initially announced for this card. So I was like, okay, so this match is going to get some time, and definitely the War Games match, but. This uh this match didn't seem longer than any of like the typical, you know, usual women's matches that they give, uh, with the amount of time that they give them here in NXT. But uh and the first like pinfall, uh first actual fall happened like really quick, you know, uh Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke um quick to interfere in the match, which allowed uh Baszler to get a quick tap out from Sane. And then uh, you know, she followed up also with the with the pinfall. Um, again, in short order, and then the, the end of the match came relatively quickly. So, uh, a good match between these two. I I always think that these guys put on a good matchup. But again, I hate Sane's pirate gimmick. You know, when she's coming out and making her entrance, I feel <laughs> like she should just kind of dead that because um, she's phenomenal uh, in the ring. Uh, but you know, nice little showcase for Baszler here. Again, we see Marina, Shafir, and Jessamyn Duke, you know, which make up the four horsewomen of the MMA, along with Rousey on the main roster. So, you know, they're getting their uh NXT, you know, feet wet here again in another pay-per-view and uh another victory for Baszler here in the two out of three falls match. What did you think? I thought it was a real good match. Um, I like the two of them. I like the the addition of the other horsewomen in there. Um I uh I I'm I'm kind of surprised that they kept the belt on on Baszler. I thought that they'd they'd let they they give it back to Sane. I'm I'm not really sure where that where she's going now, uh where Kyrie Sane's going, unless it's like, well, they kind of teased it with with Dakota Kai coming in and then with um with Io Shirai coming in. Maybe they're gonna do like a three on three um, uh, against the horse women here or, or something like that. Like, so now they've each got friends. Maybe I'm not really sure um, how the, how it's going to play out, but I thought the match itself was good. Um, 
I think that for having as as like different of styles as they do, these two put on a really good match. They're 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 good workers, both of them, um, and they're both very distinct in how they in how they wrestle. So I think um, it comes out it comes out with a with a very interesting match to watch always. And there were some really cool spots throughout. Like there was like the like the insane elbow off the like out to the outside on top of uh, onto the the horsewomen. Yeah. And, and that was real cool. And um, just the like Io Shirai's her moonsault is is, oh, is stunning. Like it's 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 beautiful. Like that, that she is amazing. Also, so I wouldn't mind seeing her and and Kyrie Sane team up or something like that. It would be cool. Or have them have them in a feud. I'd be really cool with that because those two would have some 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 amazing matches there. Um, and then there were just some. What else was also oh, just like. Just the way that it ended, like it was like, you, yeah, lots of action. You, there, there was, there's all these just kind of like, like kickouts in the last minute and all that kind of stuff near falls. But like when, when Satan went to go drop her insane elbow at the very end, I thought, okay, this is it, it's over, she's won, and just it was perfectly, perfectly landed so that, so that Baszler could roll it up into yep. into a pinfall. I'm like, that was, that was perfectly executed and perfectly done. And it was really cool. Like I, I thought again, very, very well done. Not expected at all. Um, nope. And 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 they, and they did it. They they did it right. Like if in in true, like if, if this were to be actually real, Baszler is just like Brock Lesnar. No one's gonna beat her. Like she's she's an, an amazing athlete, um, and she's a real fighter. Like so, no one's gonna beat her. And that's, mm-hmm. so this is the most realistic way to do it. And it was really cool that that she was able to kind of pull out that roll up win, nothing fancy, nope. um, uh, against against that flashy kind of finishing elbow and and my one of my favorite elbows of all time. And I was still excited when when she got rolled up because I was not expecting that at all. I thought for sure. I just almost looked away. Okay, Sane won, and like, oh damn, wait no, <laughs> and, and then she lost, and I'm like, wow, that was really really cool and really well done. Yeah, yeah, that that was good. Uh, the interference, you know, the Dakota Kai and the Yoshirai coming out to try to like, you know, even the odds. So it looks like they might be planning something there in the future, maybe between the the six ladies, you know, a six woman tag and and continue to feud yeah. somewhat. But uh, yeah, just everything you described with that ending, man, really, really cool. You know, you think you know Kyrie Sane was gonna get the belt back with that elbow and that's a beautiful looking elbow that she throws and again just Baszler you know taking it but rolling her up when the one two three and uh getting the surprise win which was something that was unexpected so really really yeah, cool way to end the match. and I do want to say like so you see Shayna Baszler come out always and she comes out like looking angry and fierce and like like she's a badass I wish that's how they would let Ronda Rousey come out like she always comes out all smiley and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, and she comes out like Bailey, and then when she's in the ring, she she turns on uh, turns on like the the game face, which is cool, but I think she'd be so much better if she were to just come out like ready for a fight, like Becky Lynch comes out or whatever. Like I I think like it'd be so much better for the Ronda character because she's supposed to be the baddest bitch, right? Like so. Mm-hmm. Don't don't have her come out and smile and always crying and all that kind of stuff. She's so happy to be there, and then she turns it on. I think just have her look look at how well it's going over for Shayna to have this just badass gimmick all the way through. Like they should do that with Ronda. I think. No, yeah. yeah, and she. I think they'll do that when she like eventually goes heel or whenever they decide to turn her heel. If they decide to do that, yeah. Um, 
I'm looking forward to that because I, I, I like that better. <laughs> yeah, you know, because uh, definitely you could see like the hints of it, especially even just what what Baszler is doing here in NXT and now with the other two coming in with her. Um, you know, you know they're gonna. It's it's a it's a difference. You know, they're playing Ronda as the babyface and these girls are all here playing the heel role, um, but they're all cool and smiley backstage. You know, they got each other's backs. So I think it's eventually gonna come out like. Um, you know they'll surprise uh debut maybe on the main roster have ronda's back and it'll you know maybe be a a way to turn ronda sometime in the near future i hope they do it dude know? i can't wait it's gonna be it's gonna be great because i mean i haven't we haven't really seen uh shafir and and who's the other one i forgot already Justin duke yeah Justin duke they're supposed to be really good uh, i think the marina shafir especially it's supposed to be really, really good. So I'm looking forward to seeing them actually in action and not just as bros or as as sisses, I guess they would be. <laughs> um, so I'm looking forward to seeing them actually in action. And I think that now that they're doing this, they've kind of started teasing this three on three. I think now we'll, we they can pair them off in different ways. And I think we'll be able to see them finally make their singles debut and it would be good. Yeah, yeah, I was hearing. Uh, I read today actually that yeah, Jessamine Duke is um, impressing people in the performance center, saying like she's like a natural and stuff. So nice. It'll be interesting to see, you know, her. Oh yeah, maybe it's her. Maybe she's the the better of the two. I forgot. One of them is is supposed to be like amazing already, and the other one is picking it up really quickly. And I forgot which one is which now. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so I read about Duke today. So maybe she's. So the maybe one it's Duke. To, yeah, maybe yeah, it's so. her. It'll be interesting to to see her like in a one on one or at least in a match sometime soon, which should be yeah. coming. Yeah, I mean, if Vazer is as good as she is, and and the other one's supposed to be even better, like I can't wait. Yep, yep, and and again, you know, to pair them with Ronda on the main roster, hopefully, Oof, they that'll probably be a hell of a faction. Yeah, they won't be under the in NXT probably for too long, so we'll see what happens. All right. The next matchup was a grudge match. Alistair Black versus Johnny Gargano. It was revealed that Johnny Gargano was the one that took out Alistair Black months ago as a an excuse. You know, Alistair went down with an injury and uh, yeah. they had a, you know, a, a whodunit type mystery throughout the summer. You know, who attacked Alistair Black while he was out recovering from uh, his surgery that he had. So turned out to be Johnny. Um, and he, this was their match us uh, again like these guys you know they're they're smaller they're more technical both of these guys so again it's like a match with johnny going up against champa or him going up against uh you know an andrade cien almas you're just gonna expect uh, a technical match that's gonna be excellent and uh, that's what these guys delivered here technical excellence but also uh pretty brutal being that it was a a grudge match from alistair black so what do you think a great match. Like, I expected this to be a good match, but it almost stole the show. I, I don't know if this is my favorite match. Like, the, the ring psychology of it was probably made it, like, that part was probably my favorite part of the night. Just the way that they were doing it and the way that they, they played off each other's moves and, and just their, not even their, their actual, like, wrestling moves, but just the way they did things. So, like, Gargano was picking up, he picked up Alistair Black's head with his foot and all that kind of like he like like Black yeah. always does like so much of that little stuff that we we talk about ring psychology being so important like there was so much of that and so much story told in this match that that maybe is that that might have been my favorite part of the of the the pay per view in general though it might not have been my favorite match overall but like that part was just so well done and uh, 
Like these two just put on the, a hell of a match. Like there was just the, they had some crazy stuff that they did that uh, just really really cool stuff to see. Like I mean, I always like seeing the fates of black. That's a that's a hell of a move when it's done right. <laughs> we got to see a whole mm. bunch of them in this match, <laughs> which was really really cool. <laughs> yeah, man, these guys—they're just again, they just that you could just tell they have chemistry, like in the ring, you know. So just everything crisp, everything just very hard hitting. Like it looks like you know these guys look like they're like just laying it in. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, you know, again, just so many interesting spots that they pulled off. It's like almost just impossible to to go through it all. You know, I, I just liked it a little bit like later in the match because it's almost, again, going with the story, like how Johnny, you know, with all the shit that he went through with, you know, Champa and um, and, you know, Champa still reigning as champ. And 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 Johnny's still trying to find his way back to him, uh, and taking out Alistair Black, seeing that you know that he was in his way, and uh, but it's almost like he wanted to be punished here by Black, and they kind of did that spot a little bit later in the match where he's kind of begging him to you know finish him off with the black mask, but again you know it's he's rusing him, you know what I'm saying because he, he tries to roll him up uh, when he ducks the kick, so I just little things like that again the psychology. Uh, again, the story being told, you know, these guys are like almost like masters in a way. Like, yeah, like it's, it's, it's again, it's, I don't know if they could ever do a match like this on the main roster because this was like so much, there were so many little things in here that were just so well done. Just even when, like, when Black does that, like, springboard off the off the ropes and then does this, does his, like, his, he sits Indian style, like that, mm-hmm. that taunt that he has. Only in this case, like, Gargano ran across the ring and then kicked him in the head. Like it was awesome. Like just so many little things like that that I don't know if fans would appreciate that. Like if they would understand. Like that. Like this is all they're just egging each other on and then, and then just kind of taunting them and then getting the taunt like reversed on them. Like all those little things are just so cool that make this match so good. And it it only works with the build that this was the slow burn that this has been allowed to have to develop this storyline. That 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 it really works and kind of makes it uh, as cool as it is, and then it it helps that like Gar- they they let Gargano's character be that like he's like a heel who thinks he's a face, like he thinks he's right and doing <laughs> and he was doing everything right in order to get to get to, to the end there, like that that's just a cool it's it's a cool thing to have and it's a it's it's a cool bit of character to have that um, you really need to have. All this, all this build that 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 Johnny Gargano character has had, like from from back when he was Johnny wrestling with DIY, all the way to where he is now. Like mm-hmm. this has been years that this is this character has been kind of evolving. That uh, I don't know if that's if if that's ever going to get that much time on the main roster. If he ever once once he gets there, because man, he's he should he definitely needs to get there. But I don't know if that if that character will be there. I'm I'm now starting to get worried about the NXT guys that I love so much. Yeah. If they get the call up because most of the NXT call ups have been garbage lately. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want them to get called up. Like I want guys like Champa and Gargano, like even though it means they'll probably, you know, they won't be on WrestleMania or whatnot. Like I want them to stay in NXT because they're not yeah. gonna get this kind of burn on the main yeah. roster. They're yeah, exactly. Not. But there's just there was just so much cool shit in this match that was just really really cool and it's just like just lots of like you said pinpoint accurate strikes all over the place that this made it a very uh, again visually interesting match to watch like so many different technical things that you're seeing and cool strike combinations that you don't normally see and 
and and then again, there's lots of little little dodges to all these combinations that are coming through that just made it so cool to watch, and to just to just to truly watch, like you said, just masters go at it, and and then just just do their thing really, and and just just go to just go to the stuff that you want, um, like little things that again, like Gargano always does like that, like slingshot spear through the, through the ropes kind of a thing that he does and then mm-hmm. in this case like he just got like blasted in the face with a knee by by Alistair Black I'm like that's that's just they play the story that they know each other so well that they can they can they've got counters to everything and it really came off really well here like in, in this whole thing it just was just a a crazy match with lots of really cool almost like new japan kind of kind of match structure and and spots in there that it was just really really fun to watch really yeah. good match yeah man these guys are are incredible you know black finished gargano off with a couple of black masses he hit him with two of them yeah what did i call it a fate to black yes the black mass <laughs> <laughs> you know, knocked them out basically and got the one two three so I, a plus as far as that match and again it's it's hard uh, with an event like this to call match of the night because per- probably at this point I would have been like, okay, yep, for sure. Definitely <laughs> at this point, match of the night. Uh, but then the next match, man, was was so good too. So it's it just it's hard to pick because, uh, again, these guys did a great job. Um, yeah. NXT- the next match I think I might get my call for match of the night only because I expected Black Gargano to be an awesome match and I was hoping that this next one will be a good match but I wasn't sure how good it would be but man was it a good match like it was surprisingly really really good telling me man I think they even mentioned it on the commentary you know Velveteen Dream I think is is getting that uh that moniker of like Mr. Takeover or whatever like you know what I'm saying because yeah. win or lose he's, his performances are always fucking crazy yeah you like, know it was, it was great like he I think the only slightly mediocre match I think was that he's had was the one against EC3, um, and but but everything else, every other match that he's had, um, and I guess it, it, maybe it's a testament to them uh, as as the one probably likely driving the match. Like the the people he was up against were just masters. So uh, when it was against Alistair Black, when it's not, now it's against Champa here. When it was against like uh, Ricochet. All that kind of stuff. I think as long as he is someone who's who's a good driver in the driver's seat, like he can really put on a good match and make it an amazing match. Mm-hmm. I don't know if EC3 is that is that great driver. <laughs> um, like he's like EC3 is he's destined to to be a star on Raw because he's he's that kind of a wrestler where he's all about the character and he's good about like that kind of a match. Also, like mm-hmm. he's got a Raw style match. But when you when you're on NXT and you're against all these other indie people, like it, it sticks out as being not the same kind of a match. Um, and so I think that was why that one just was a little bit less. It, it was more a mediocre of a match, but but still still a, a good match. But now when you put Dream up against arguably the best and one of my favorite wrestlers of all time with Tommaso Ciampa, like this was a phenomenal match. It yeah. was really 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 good. Yeah, yeah, and again, like you said, interesting because you aren't sure how it's gonna turn out, you know, how these guys are gonna match up, and um, man, worried for nothing because yeah. match was fucking <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah, uh, really, this, really was. For, this was for the NXT Championship. So Velveteen Dream, I think, pretty much getting, I think, his first shot at a at the major championship there in NXT, 
and uh, Champa just having uh, an incredible run. You know, he's calling himself the greatest sports entertainer alive, and uh, he is, I man. Mean, he, yeah, he's great. Even, even like his 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 social media, um, like just activity is awesome. Like just, <laughs> yeah. everything is just perfect heel move. Everything he says is great. Is a great heel move. Yep. Yep. So, you know, he was here defending the title, you know, dream trying to take it. You know, they had a great package before the match, just kind of like building it up because the feud almost kind of comes out of nowhere. But, um, you know, dream has already been in NXT, you know, for a while. Uh, again, Champa and Gargano as well. But they uh, again, like you kind of touched on with Gargano, there's been an evolution of their characters. And, uh, you know, and Dream is still young. There's plenty of time. So I, I think they're just taking their time with him. But he's incredibly over like here. Yeah. In NXT. So, you know, usually guys like that, they they would call them up um to the to the main roster and i'm kind of glad that they're taking their time here and letting you know dream getting like a seasoning because i know you said you know they they would probably need to tweak his gimmick on the main roster and yeah. i feel like they would just need to if they're going to debut him just they need to make sure they have a storyline written for him and they can't just debut him with an entrance and just throw him out there and not really have a plan for him um, yeah exactly yeah, that would suck, and I think that's the problem with a lot of the NXT guys that they call up. They just kind of call them up without a plan. Like um, look at look at Bobby Roode, like and, and look at Finn Balor. Like this, they they're they're awesome entrances, basically. And I'm tired of the entrances now. But like all they are is an entrance, and then they've got they've done like nothing. Nothing. Like, finally, Bobby Roode is getting a bit of a push now with Chad Gable, but like that's bullshit. That's like yeah. not the kind of push I want to see him getting. Yeah, exactly. Like now he's basically like part of a comedy wrestling tag team, like, which is that's garbage. Like he was, he was NXT champion exactly. for so long. Like, like mm-hmm. there's like, like that's, it's a shame to, to see that that's where they go. And then like, don't even get me started on Nakamura and, and all that kind of stuff. Like, it's just that they don't know what to do with, with those people that have, an established character and established fan base. Like they just don't know what to do with them. I think they just put them up there and then they flounder with nothing yep. to do. And it's the, the differences in the philosophy between, you know, the NXT brand and, and the, the main roster, it's the yeah, people exactly. running it basically, yep. you know? Yep. So, um, unfortunately that's the, that's the problem. So, you know, hopefully as NXT keeps growing, just keep making it a viable alternative third brand where it doesn't feel like it's a demotion. If people get shuffled there, you know, and even people, I think champ has come out and said it, that he doesn't mind staying in NXT. He wants to stay in NXT because he probably knows deep down, he's not going to get any burn on raw and SmackDown. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, having matches like this being the, the focal point, being the centerpiece, um i mean i'd, I'd want to stay on this brand too i mean these guys killed it uh you know dream there were a couple you know you kind of don't think oh they're not gonna give him the championship but then there were a couple of points in this match <laughs> i was like holy shit yeah. i thought they they were i did too i thought like again just like you said i went into this i was hoping for a good match wasn't sure but i knew that dream wouldn't win but there were a couple of times I was like, "Oh my god, holy shit, is he gonna do it?" I, yeah. I really thought that they were gonna put him on, uh, put the, the the belt on him, and then I'm like, I immediately I went to, "Oh my gosh, are they gonna call up Champa? What's what's going on with this? What are they, how are they gonna <laughs> let Dream win?" And he didn't, of course, but like it came real close. Like they they had some really good spots at the end um, with with the with the whole thing. Like I was very very surprised and very impressed. Yeah, man, these guys—they killed it. You just another good performance. I I love the way it ended with Champa giving Dream to DDT in between the two rings. You know, the little metal grating yeah. that they had. Um, and that's the part I'd never seen before. Like, is that is that common? Like, is is it has that come into play in 
in previous war game events. Like I, I didn't realize they would use that. Like that was really cool how they used that. Like the, all the other stuff. Like I almost forgot that there were two rings un, un, until like they started showing that kind of stuff there. Like they do we're doing all the other stuff, the moves outside the ring, and then lifting up the the mats, and then and then doing the the like all all the the. The, his uh, dream doing his death rally driver like uh, on the outside all that kind of stuff they're doing all these moves and then like no one could put anyone down and, and then they they use that that metal grate in the middle with the draping ddt and like that was really cool and very unexpected for me yeah yeah and it's just a good way of showing like champ but just pulling it out again you know what i'm saying like yeah. just getting getting this unexpected run i honestly i was not expecting this title run you know for champ but like it was almost a surprise when they gave it to him you know, earlier in the summer, and he's retaining here. Like, they're giving him a good run with the belt. So um, good for him, man, and, and a good way to, to end the match. It almost protects Dream in a way. Like, he did so good here again really just with, with, with his performance. That it's just like he lost, comes up short, but he he's not worse off for it. You know what I'm saying? He's actually better off. Um, you know, so he's one of these guys that I feel like just he doesn't almost he almost doesn't need a title. He could just keep putting in these performances if he keeps improving the way he is. Um, you know, he doesn't need the NXT title. He doesn't need the North American title. If he gets them, great. But you know, he's just showing basically his worth here with his character and his in ring performances. So good job. Yeah, like for for being as young as he is, it's amazing how good he is, especially like. He's a he's a product of WWE. Like he's he, this is this is to show like when they get it right and when they get the right combination of talent with their philosophy, like it can really go well. Like because he's NXT bred basically. Like he didn't have a time in the Indies or anything like that. Um, and and look at how over he is just with naturally with the crowd. Like it's it's nuts. And and like you said, this is this guy is like Mister Takeover. Like he he doesn't have a bad match and even in even without the win he still comes out looking better every time it's crazy yeah so champa retains here so his run continues dream looks great and uh so we'll see where these two guys continue off do you think he'll come out as another like hulk hogan thing in the next takeover (laughs) (laughs) that was actually cool i loved uh yeah the the homage to hollywood hulk hogan that was uh that was pretty awesome they of course being where they were in uh, los angeles yeah made sense you know so that was awesome i think hogan gave him a shout out on twitter (laughs) (laughs) that was pretty cool but a good a good match from these guys uh they killed it and uh that brings us that brings us to the main event the uh, actual war games match itself. So it was a uh, ricochet teaming up with the United Kingdom champion P Dunn with the war Raiders versus the off four members of the undisputed era uh, was looking forward to this match last year's war games, which the undisputed era were also a part of was great. They, they pulled out the victory. So I was hoping that they would pull it out here as well, just to kind of, you know, now being that this is the second one in NXT, they could just say like, "Oh, this is our match," you know, like we run this match. Yeah. Um, they, they, I mean, they freaking killed it. You know, the match doesn't officially start until all eight members are in. Um, two people start. Um, Kyle O'Reilly won a match on NXT TV, giving the Undisputed Era an advantage. So, you know, as after the first time limit expired, uh, one of their people were, were going to be let into the match first, giving them basically an advantage throughout the matchup. 
So again, just uh, they started off with uh, Adam Cole and Ricochet going at it, and these guys just like their takeover match a couple of months ago, they uh, they killed it, um, and and just the whole match in general. Again, it was a long one. Um, basically, I guess f- the first was like I guess a five minute interval, and then I think it was three minute intervals uh, leading to each member of each team being uh, led into the match. And again, they couldn't uh, have a pinfall or submission until all eight members of uh, both teams were left, uh, were let into the match. So uh, just again, man, this killed it. The the psychology, the action, uh, the way the Undisputed Era cooperated with each other to kind of take advantage of the numbers game. Um, They, you know, later on in the match, they got creative bringing in some weapons, which they didn't do for the first part of the match, which was, I thought, a great touch kind of saving it because it allowed it to kind of build up in a way. Um, Again, just with the match so long, it's hard to pick out so many spots here and there. But, uh, so many spots, <laughs> but, but but these guys killed it, and and the baby faces wound up taking away the victory in the end. Um, but again, just this match again, just another stamp on why, like, just NXT as a whole and these guys in general, um, are just phenomenal. And and again, I'm almost worried if they any of these guys wind up on the main roster because it's like, are they going to do any of them right? Because the way. They all performed here. This is how you do all these performers the right way. Yeah. I thought it was a, a hell of a match. And again, I had never seen um, a War Games match like proper. So this is really, really cool. Um, and I like that it was, I mean, it was kind of a mix between like uh, your Royal Rumble or your Elimination Chamber. Um, but just where the, the, the numbers, it's all about the numbers game and how well you can work that to your advantage so i thought it was really really interesting to see how like each each person that kind of finally came into the match like put their own little spin on things Mm -hmm. and so um it it was it was just it was just so well done like they all did it really well within their within their character too and i thought that was really cool and like smartly like uh, like when bobby fish was the last person from undisputed era to go in he, he goes over and then he locks he puts his his padlock and chain from their case. So they're for anyone who didn't actually watch it, like each of the members of the, the, the remaining members were all in kind of a shark cage that was locked up on the, at the top of the entrance ramp. And then, so when it was their time to go their their cage was unlocked and then they could run down and, and then they joined the match. But when Bobby fish, the last person from the undisputed era to go um, was finally let out. Um, Pete Dunn was still in his cage cause he was next after that. But, but he, but uh, Bobby Fish used his his lock, his padlock and chain, and locked him in, like doubly locked him in, and threw away the key, which is something that's so <laughs> dumb. But but like that's brilliant. Like like then then that 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 makes for the extra drama uh, on the end. Mm-hmm. Of course, now now Pete Dunn's got to try to make his way out. And on the main roster, or if it was, uh, yeah, on the main roster, that would have happened to Big Show or. I think it happened. To, it's happened to Bobby Lashley in Elimination Chamber, or it happened to Braun. And what would happen is that, like, they would be so strong and they would hulk up so much that they would bust out of the cage themselves anyway. And they didn't do that here, which I thought, like, thank God they didn't do that here. They were where, where Pete Dunne would, like, I don't know, bite his way through it or something yeah, like that. That would like, never. He, he legit <laughs> just got stuck when when it was his time to come out. Like, he couldn't get out and. 
blame the ref on top. Like he had all that time. He knew there was no key to that lock. <laughs> like he should have gone <laughs> in the back and tried to find bolt cutters right away, but he didn't. But that just that just made more time for like when it just made more time for the numbers game and the undisputed era's advantage. After they started throwing in all these like weapons and stuff like that, it made like a hardcore match, like to 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 basically work over all the other guys that were in there. Like I, th- I thought it was so smartly done. Again, within the character of the smarmy undisputed era guys, and particularly Bobby Fish, who loves using the chair now and loves going after like limbs and legs and all that kind of thing like that it was very much in character that he would do that and he would come in and and, and they would use weapons to try to like take out the legs of, of their their opponents really 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 good and then and then pete dunn comes in and then it all it all, everything just all just throws down and they all are doing crazy spots lots of kind of double team spots and and the war raiders are doing like their their like tag team offense and ricochet of course is amazing oh, and doing all this awesome stuff and and like all the the undisputed era guys are they're they're known for just being super fast and doing all these things but pete dunn is very much the the opposite like he's very very fast also but slows things down and does a lot of joint manipulation yeah. and all that kind of stuff so he would stop you basically halt all these high-flying moves by just doing some like arm breaker or some finger breaker and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, this is so well done. Again, eight dudes that that are all over the place in style and mm-hmm. are all over the ring, all over two rings in this case, doing these crazy moves, and yet they were all still able to do stuff within the within their own character, within their own style, and still make this a fun and crazy match to watch. Like it was. It was crazy how well done. I, I, I think I said that all all episodes so far. Like everything was so well done, <laughs> and it's crazy how well they were able to do it. But like I have nothing else to say, and I won't be saying that once we talk about Survivor Series as much. <laughs> but like they like they they basically like all this stuff that they did. This is how you need to do this kind of stuff. Like it's crazy. Like so, this is a battle royal within a cage, basically. But compared to what ended up happening the next day in Survivor Series, this was miles better than than what they ended up doing with the same uh, similar stipulation on the main roster like it was crazy how they were able to do this kind of stuff and then that's not even to mention all the crazy spots in this in this yeah. match that you can't but like Kyle O'Reilly got whichever one the war raiders leaping off the top rope through a table oh, yeah. onto him for Kyle O'Reilly. <laughs> yeah, from I was that was the one that I was actually thinking of just now in my head. I think I think it was Roe that jumped off and he jumped from one ring from yeah. you know one <laughs> ring to, to the other. Like you know what I'm saying he was on the the turnbuckle of the opposite ring from the one that Kyle O'Reilly was in and he just yeah. kind of hopped over and, and Kyle uh, O'Reilly's pretty scrawny like that probably caved in his chest. Right yeah. There. <laughs> That, that was a good one. Um, I love the spot towards the end of the match where it's like um, the Undisputed Era. I forget who they had in the submission hold, and a couple of them were just trying to hold off um, the opposite team in the ring. They were trying to get into the into the ring that the, they were in, and they were just trying to hold them off. There was another spot where just you know all four from each team just lined up in each ring, and you just kind of seeing them all face off, um, yeah, that looking was great. at each other. That's a great visual, like yeah. they're each in their own ring, basically. Yeah. So cool. That was cool as far as like a little face off. And then, you know, of course, Ricochet, you know, off the top of the cage. Is that, that double moonsault thing that he's in? <laughs> oh my God. Not, uh, that guy is insane. 
that was just like, whoa. I'm just like, man, these guys are just going all out. Uh, I think Bobby Fish put one of the, the War Raiders through a table in between the rings that, that was set up. Yeah. There was a little table set up there. Uh, just so much, man. I, and they had that like that big Tower of Power kind of spot again, like yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the TNA uh, X Division spot that they all that they, they have, and, and you know what's coming. But I still loved it. Like I still got excited when it happened, <laughs> even though I shouldn't have. Even though it was basically like a crazy way to set up Ricochet doing his double moonsault or whatever that whatever he calls that, like the double backflip moonsault thing. Um, like so that there were seven people for him to land on like that's how they had to do it so they had to do that crazy i don't even know what you call it like double suplex whatever they they yeah. all they were all up on, on the cage and they all came tumbling down <laughs> it's all <Yeah>. really <laughs> it, was. it was just like just wow just just all the spots everything that these guys pulled off um you know that spot again like you said when bobby fish was let out and he locked up pete dunn in his cage pretty creative and and you know what i was reading you know from weeks ago that that dunn was hurt so i was wondering what his like status was going to be here and his knee was taped up and i did notice that he was kind of like limping when he actually did get out of the cage uh and he made his way towards the ring um you know what i'm saying so i did uh see like a report that he he probably had like his knee scoped he had some kind of like minor procedure on his knee and he had to take some time off um you know so do with the due to like the television tapings they had episodes taped ahead for nxt uk so it didn't really affect them he was able to get like at least a good month off before this show here but uh i did think that that was going to affect them throughout the match uh but it didn't really seem to hold them back like i just did notice that he was just kind of limping a little bit but it didn't seem to hinder him with some of the other spots throughout the match and uh, uh, it does it does kind of explain why probably why he was the last person in then if mm-hmm. he is injured and then mm-hmm. his style suits it but like he doesn't he didn't need to do all that he was, didn't do a bunch of like high high flying spots because a he doesn't but if you again if he was injured that's fortunate that he does all that kind of joint manipulation again is is a big big style that he has like so that that worked out well interesting yeah. that that that's that that, uh, that throws an interesting kind of uh just just insight into things here yeah, I think he's going to need a little bit more time to heal, uh, which I think they're kind of giving him because, again, you know, just him being the champion and they're taping, they have the luxury where he could just kind of he can take the time off and but still be ready for these bigger events. Like, I think he's going to they announced a UK takeover in January, which I think he's going to be defending the title there. So oh, I am sure he's got to like he's he's. uh I mean, he's amazing, and as as the UK champion, he better be <laughs> defending it there. Though I don't know who, like, because the, the the NXT UK crop is a good crop too, man. And that actually surprised me too. I don't know why they they picked the War Raiders to be here, and why they didn't use Mustache Mountain like instead. Yeah. Like, so, so then they have the the, the 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 like what better way to showcase NXT UK than to have basically British Strong Style and Ricochet all on the same team. Like against undisputed era, that would have been amazing. Though this was an amazing match already, so I, I'm I sound like I'm complaining. I, I, I'm not. I just, <laughs> I just I just I don't really understand why they put the War Raiders in because they didn't necessarily need to be, but it was a great it was a great showcase for War Raiders too. Like good on them. This was really a hell of a match to watch. It was so much fun. And I, I love the way they ended it because they also, they've been teasing like the uh, little rivalry between Ricochet and Pete Dunne, you know, them both being champions and they're eyeing each other's uh, titles. So, you know, the ending, you know, saw like Adam Cole was trying to hit his finisher, the running knee. 
on Dunn, but Dunn hit his finisher, and then Ricochet came off with like the 450, like out of nowhere, and they yeah. both pinned them, you know, for the one, two, three, and you know they all got up and celebrated. But you could even see them like eyeing each other and eyeing their belts, you know, uh, after the after the victory, and um, and despite you know Dunn being injured or whatever, he still climbed the top of the cage and was celebrating with Ricochet up at the top of the cage after the match. So it just was just fucking incredible, you know, five star pay per view like once again, you know, from from the takeover crew um these guys again we we say it like it's going to be hard for them to top themselves but they always seem to do it man so, yeah it makes me wonder if like because every time we do this like it's when they have these back-to-back ones it's always a takeover and then it's it's you feel almost let down by the the, the main roster show even if it's a good main roster show in comparison it's always like huh so i wonder if they should ever like if they'd ever flip it like where they would do the main roster show like beforehand <laughs> And then so it's just like this constant build and you don't you don't have this to immediately have as a comparison for for survivor series next but um but i don't know if they'll ever be able to do that like who knows <laughs> that's just me my wishful thinking as to how they might they might make it come off better but 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 who knows i'm sure they'll never do that <laughs> yeah it, it's hard man it's hard like uh, after a show like this it's almost sad that these guys have to follow it up and you figure being the second show it's like okay we could uh we could follow that up because it's already like happened so now you could do what you got to do to top it but they just they never seem to do it um survivor series also taking place from the staples center in la november 18th uh sunday that always the thanksgiving tradition um it's always like the week before or the week after uh, thanksgiving which is always nice and this is always one of my favorite pay-per-views um the past few years the one time of the year where the where the the brands go against each other (laughs) yeah you know that's that's what they've been doing now the last few years you know raw versus smackdown and uh this year like they totally played the smackdown crew and um it's weird because it's like okay like if they meant to do that storyline wise, where's the story? Because uh, the follow that's, that's exactly it. Following SmackDown, there was like no no follow up. Like Shane, I mean, we'll get to it um, when we when we go over the pay per view now. But supposedly, you know, SmackDown getting blown out, and then you know Shane tweeting, oh, the, you know, there's got to be a change. You know, this is you know not what I expected. And then there was no follow up like on Tuesday. Like it's like, yeah. what the fuck are they doing? And um, what what makes it worse is that um, like. In in the uh, the rock and wrestling group, like TJ had posted that like really smart booking on Survivor Series, um, and in a vacuum, it it was like all 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 the the the, the winners made sense. I, I say, and, I, and so so I actually I I'd almost agree with him in a vacuum. But all the all like the though they didn't have much storyline built. Like they had what two weeks after the last pay per view after Crown Jewel or mm-hmm. whatever to try to like build up the stuff, but like. It made no it the the pay per view itself made no sense in storyline in continuity like they threw out so much stuff to 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 get to to have it end the way that it did that it like made no sense like they were they were changing the card literally the day uh, like on the match they changed some of the the women in the, in, in the 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 women five on five better royal or or whatever like they and they. they AJ lost to Daniel Bryan like the week before. Like, like there's all these changes happened with this mm-hmm. whole thing, and then obviously Becky Lynch not being in there and all that kind of stuff. So many changes happened that like it just made the whole thing make no sense continuity wise. And like yeah. you said, they didn't even mention any of it in the like in in, in the next SmackDown. 
they they kept talking about the queen the clean sweep on raw even though it wasn't a clean sweep because the like the the, the tag team battle royal was won by smackdown <laughs> and and then they do they 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 don't even count that in this in the survivor series pay-per-view like the first match that went and went when, when Raw won, like, okay, Raw won 1-0. Like, what about the SmackDown win? Yeah. It just happened before. <laughs> Dude, like, I was so, like, what the fuck? <laughs> exactly. And then that like, that was the only thing that got mentioned on SmackDown was, was like, it was Xavier Woods, like, saying, well, we won the one match. Why is no one talking about this? And, uh, like, he's been talking about that on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. But that's the only mention that's ever gotten. And then, like, suddenly, like, I, I, I don't get it. They... I think again in continuity, they buried SmackDown, and it 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 doesn't make Raw look strong. It makes SmackDown look bad. And then there were so many of the things that had happened in this that also make the other competitors look bad, which I think is unfortunate. It was just an unfortunate way to do things. Even though there were some some still some shining stars in this in on the card, overall I was like, what the hell is going on here? This is very very strange and confusing. Again, in continuity, on its own, like if you were to just show someone this, it would have been cool. Like, of course, Brock Lesnar is going to win, like, yeah. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But like, again, it, within continuity, makes no sense. None of this stuff made sense. Yeah, they were affected by a lot of changes, injuries. Just they had to pivot a little bit here with this pay per view, you know. And again, and uh, just going with that SmackDown, you know, winning the tag team elimination match. And then it not even counting just kind of shows that, that that probably they even weren't on the same page when it came to writing and like booking the show um, yeah. for it to make sense, you know. So um, just the fact that they don't even count that just kind of shows what we've kind of talked about in the past, you know, with these kickoff shows, um, you know, talent, I think complains because they're like, ah, oh, it doesn't count, even though WWE tries to be like, no, it's, you know, it's a kickoff, but, you know, it counts. You're still there in the arena. It's part of the show. Um, but not really, you know, because if you're, you know, if you're, if let's say if you bought the DVD or something and you're just watching Survivor Series, if the kickoff is not on there, you're not seeing that match. So, and then just what they did here, storyline wise or not, just proves that the, the kickoff or the pre show doesn't count in their eyes. Because uh, the first match on the kickoff was the 10 on 10 tag team traditional Survivor Series elimination match. So you had Raw versus SmackDown. Um, the Ascension, uh, the B team, Lucha House Party, the Revival, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable on the Raw side, taking on uh, Team SmackDown, which was the New Day, the Colognes, which where, where the fuck have they been? They came out of nowhere <laughs> um, to be on this match. <laughs> Sanity, uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson and the Usos. You know, so again, it was a nice, fun match. I always appreciate the Survivor Series format, the elimination matches. These guys, you know, kind of, you know, they did their thing. They worked hard on the pre-show. Um, you know, the Usos wound up being the sole survivors, winning for Team SmackDown. Um, yeah, I thought, like, I thought they were. I'd say about halfway through, once like the chaff got like got like thrown out the match. Like, once the beats, the B team was out and all that. Yeah. Once the early ones got got booted out. It would end up being a lot of fun and like a really cool show. So once it was like the last two teams on both sides, it was a cool match. And there were some really cool spots. Like all like the all the, the double team moves were great. Like I like that whole um the moonsault into I think it was the neckbreaker that like that that Gable does onto whomever it was that, that Bobby Roode had. Like in like that that was a great double team move. And then I think all the, the new day double team moves were always really good. And all that kind of stuff, and then 
Oh, and and like Gable like doing that like German suplex off of the the turnbuckle onto the floor. On, oh on top of everybody yeah, else. like that mm. was insane. It was awesome and crazy. Like all the there were a lot of really cool spots in this. And come the end, I, when it was um, like I would have, I, I expected New Day actually to be the one to to kind of go, to make it through on SmackDown, just because they were the ones that like announced the they they, they announced mm. the team and all that kind of stuff in there, but. I should have expected the Usos to be the last one, but Usos and the, and the Ascension was a cool team up, a good matchup, and and I thought I'm like this is good. They're gonna push both teams. I like it, and then I don't think the Ascension really got much of a push on Raw the next day, or not uh, uh, Revival. I don't, I don't think they got much of a push <laughs> no. on, on, on Raw the next day. Like I like oh that's too bad because I yeah. I love the Revival. I think they're great. <laughs> they're jobbing them out, man. They've gotten yeah. no burn on the main Which, roster. It sucks because it looked like they were about to get a push, and then nope. Yeah, another an NXT call up. That was there's a waste. Yep, another disappointment from NXT being called up. Uh, you know, and I don't know. Sanity, if be... like also another one, and yeah. and I was excited. I'm like Bobby Roode and and Eric Young. I'm like, oh look, it's Team Canada. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that ran through my mind too. I was like thinking about the TNA <laughs> stuff. Like that was that was cool to see that. You know, because uh, people like that don't know they would they would just never know that. You know. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of fun to see that. But uh, yeah, so you know the Usos pick up the win here. You know with the splash uh, on the revival. You know, so they give SmackDown the win. I was like, all right, cool. You know, nice little start for SmackDown. I was like, we'll see what happens. And then, yeah, I thought it was good. And, oh yeah, and um, and even with, with, with that splash at the end, he did that that Roman Reigns kind Reigns. of tribute. That, yep. that was really cool. I'm like, this is a cool moment. And I and I thought that it was gonna. I thought it would at least track into the rest of the show, but no, <laughs> they basically didn't even acknowledge it at all. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. So they, and just when they were like, oh, and they were just talking about a nice momentum for SmackDown, you know, boom, boom, boom. And it just, it did not count. And that's unfortunate for all these guys that work hard here on the, on the pre-show. And especially like you said, some of those bigger spots that could potentially, you know, these guys could get injured or whatnot. And then it just kind of seems like it meant nothing. Like it meant yeah. absolutely nothing. Um, you know what I'm saying? So the main show started uh, with another five on five, the traditional survivor series elimination tag team match with the women team raw, which was Sasha Banks, Bailey, Mickey James, Nia Jax, and Tamina taking on team SmackDown, which is Oscar, Carmella, Naomi, Sony Deville, and Mandy Rose. And so, so like they like so Sasha and and Bailey get added literally on the show. They get the added game, in there. Yeah. And they, because they basically they wrote off it was it was Natalia and uh and um Ruby Riot. Yeah, they, they were fighting on the pre-show and stuff and yeah, Alexa just, Bliss was like, "Oh, you know, if you can't get along, I'm going to have to replace you." you this know? was was already stupid already that, that that that's that's what they ended up doing. And then like they all like everyone on that team basically beat the hell out of Sasha Banks and Bailey the in the episode of Raw beforehand when they were trying to like prove themselves to be on the team. Like it was it was dumb that that's how they did it. But I think they they got the better of the two wrestlers added to the team for sure and ended up having a much better like roster for the team because Bailey and Sasha Banks are great. Like they're both great wrestlers, so it ended up making the match better. But again, storyline wise. That was stupid as hell. That they they're the ones that that got added, and they weren't like. All they said was, "We're still mad at you guys." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's dumb. 
That's how they. That's how they explain this away. Like that's come on. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of weak, and it's weird because almost it could be argued. Okay, like at least they're maybe doing something storyline wise, but it just it doesn't make any sense. Like these guys, like Bailey and Sasha, had a match, right, to see like who was going to be added, and then like you said, the the rest of the girls jumped them. It was thrown out, and and Bliss adds Ruby Riot and Natalia. Like like you know what I'm saying like okay like we're not adding you girls, and then just they just replaced them and add them like last second. You're like this is weird. It's just yeah, so freaking it, weird. There's no one else they could have added. <laughs> that was it. It's like was that really like the plan the whole time? Like like who wrote that out and it's and presented so that? And then they were like okay yeah that makes sense. Let's do that. Like it just didn't really make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. You know so again you know the match was cool. Um, you know, it's hard. Like, you know, these Survivor Series matches, so many people, everybody tries to get their spots in. So, um, again, with some of the takeover matches, you know, it's it's hard to kind of, you know, pick out each spot. But basically, almost each competitor gets a little a little shine in each of these matches. Um, but uh, as what became the theme of the night, uh, SmackDown was basically taken out. Uh, it was nice to see the Nia Jax kind of getting the heat based off what happened with Becky Lynch on Raw. You know the inadvertent injury, or I don't know if you could even say that because oh, if you see the footage, it almost looks like she fucking decked the wrong person. Oh yeah, she she definitely did. Like, what do you think of them kind of leaning into this now? Like, so she's like the the face breaker now, and like look at like see they're they're real like they're leaning into like yeah look look at look at how amazing Nia Jax is, how strong she is, and now she's she's like like the big show. She's like. Like, like, like she's like palming her fists and all that kind of stuff, and like priming her fist up and all that. I'm like, this is stupid. Like, she's sloppy as hell still. Like, this is that was clearly a botch on her end. Like, she fucked up all sorts of stuff for this show. And while it may have worked out, like, that they're now going to do the, the, the Becky Ronda match at WrestleMania, like, Mm -hmm. like, that's. That that basically, I I I don't know how how the wrestlers get paid. I'm gonna assume it's something similar to the way like MMA fighters get paid. So like, Becky just lost a payday for for being yeah. obviously gonna be in the main event of one of the big five pay per views. Yep. And, and and she's out now. Like she was out. And then so now they're just like like that's that's awful. To, how pissed would you be? if you were doing all this work to get up there and you finally get the call to be going up against Ronda Rousey mm-hmm. in the main event of a big five pay-per-view. And then Nia Jax is the one that decks you <laughs> and then you can't go now. Like that would, I would be fucking furious if that were the case. And I mean, I get that, like even given benefit of the doubt, I get that accidents happen. I'd be fucking furious. And then the fact that they like, leaned into that and like yeah she she totally took her out she's the face breaker now and and like now that's not part of her character like that would make me so mad but but i mean what that's 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 just what they're doing that's that's how the writers are are doing it i don't like the main roster writing at this point they had to i guess take advantage of it you know based you know turn chicken shit into chicken salad i guess you know like it is (laughs) It is messed up, like what happened, but I guess it is, you know, the heat that Nia is getting because she was ca- catching a lot of heat and then she was playing into it. I mean, you they're going to do it for now, but once Becky heals and comes back, you know, Ronda, uh, you know, Nia Jax is going to be thrown right back on the back burner. So it, it almost I seems like, so. yeah, it seems like they're rewarding her for now, but it's only because 
she already won that battle royal at evolution so she's guaranteed a title shot which i think she's getting in tlc i think they announced yeah um against ronda rousey so in a way it kind of makes her look strong you know she fucked up and took becky out so becky needs time to heal there's no timetable on her return so they're gonna just play up that fact you know she took out becky um you know she decked her she's gonna be getting the heat from the fans because they took out because she took out becky that everybody's loving right now um you know but once becky comes back nia nia jackson again no love Um, i I hope so that like this whole like Nia Jackson, Tamina, like team up thing, like I I I get it, and I kind of like the the two of them together, but like I couldn't give a shit about any about either of them to be honest. Like yeah. throw them in a tag team and and let them be like the the female the, the sisters of destruction if you want, like they're the unstoppable <laughs> forces. But like I don't care. <laughs> like they, like I, I I don't like watching either of them wrestle in matches because they're they're both sloppy and they both seem green even though they've been they've been on the main roster for a while now. I don't know why they're still looking so green. Like, yeah, it's cause it's, they, they are very athletic and, and you can't blame their size. Like, cause, cause they've been, they've, they've shown that they can do all sorts of stuff at that size, even though they don't look like Alexa bliss. Who's like five foot, nothing, 85 pounds or whatever. She is like, you don't need to. And it's good that they're, they're known for their power as they should be, but they do all sorts of sloppy, sloppy shit. And, not Jack's much more than Tamina, even though Tamina is still just not not fun to watch, really. No, not at all. You know, she always seems like she needs to be paired with somebody, like the way they're doing with Jack. So yeah, maybe that partnership is is for the best. Yeah, I mean, I, if if it if it gets them to get better, I'm cool with it. But I don't like it when it's at the cost of at the expense of other people losing their spots. Like she's she's like I know that she. Jax has hurt Bailey and she's injured Bailey. I think she's injured Charlotte and like, like all sorts of like, like people that were, that are on, that were on the rise at the time and then got injured and then got, and then got, got screwed out of like their, their push because of the injury. Like that sucks. Yeah. yeah but anyway, so. yeah, sorry, sorry. To, <laughs> sorry. So. To deviate off there <laughs> it's fine it's fine because it, it it's almost good to talk about it. it's just because it's kind of interesting to see and, and it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out within you know the next couple of months with nia jacks and to see if anything actually really comes of this but uh they gave her the win here she winds up being i think the sole survivor for raw she took out oscar in the end um you know even Which though they bullshit there too <laughs> yeah i'm like you know they they you know they kind of oscar's been killed since coming up to the main roster or at least since wrestlemania they've done nothing with her they've they've just devalued her character um you know she was so dominant and here they kind of gave you a quick flash of it you know she pulled out a couple of eliminations there in the end yeah, um, and it was her against sasha banks was, pre- was a pretty cool part like uh, of this and like they're like yeah i'd like i'd watch a feud there i'm not that you can mm-hmm. anymore but like i th- that would be a great one to have like that shows that there's good talent and i think they should have had like a a featured match or something like that on this show. Like that would have been real cool to see Banks versus Asuka would be great. I would have yep. loved to see something like that. Yep. So that mean with matches like this, you kind of get these little glimpses of, of potential matchups, which I think is always the fun part for me, but uh, yeah, but you know, they eliminated Asuka here, you know, Nia Jax gets the win. So raw, and then, you know, we get to see the scorecard and raw is up <laughs> one zero and we're all scratching our heads. Like what the hell? Because like you said, <laughs> You know, we just saw SmackDown win the the tag team elimination match. So, 
so fucking weird. But uh, they decided to just not count the pre-show. Uh, <laughs> so Raw up one here. One to nothing. So which leads to the next match. The Intercontinental Champion versus the United States Champion. Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura. So I thought this was pretty decent. But you know what? Considering that this is kind of like a dream match, I guess you could say. Um the one-on-one almost like wasn't what I expected. I, I it's almost like when AJ and Nakamura went out of that WrestleMania, like they touted like the dream match. I was expecting a certain match, and it was almost like oh, like it, it wasn't what I expected. Not that this was bad, um, but again, I think it's it's again. If this would have been NXT, I think it would have been like a little bit different. Yeah. Um, this is this is a match that doesn't really need any buildup. You know, these two guys are phenomenal in ring competitors. You could just throw them out there; they'll have a good match. I thought they had a good match here, but I just didn't think it lived up to that dream match caliber that I think people um, were expecting. Uh, yeah, but definitely, I, definitely good. What what did you think? I agree with you pretty much across the board. There, like I think it, it was a fine match. It could have been so much more, and I was hoping for it to be more. Once I heard that they were going to be matched, that like, like that was going to be the match, and those two were paired up, I'm like, oh damn, this could be great. Like these are both really good indie wrestlers, and then and then yeah, like the like in each of them in their prime would have been great. And and then when I saw this match, just like against Nakamura AJ, like it it ended up being just fine at best, like because there were antics involved. Like they're not really antics, but like. Nakamura going like it's funny stuff that Nakamura does, but it's like they ended up being like there could have been a lot more technical stuff that would have made it a, a really impressive match that ended up kind of being pushed to the side for I don't know if it, character stuff, I guess, mm-hmm. which is weird for me to say because I, I liked so much of the character stuff that was in NXT, but in this case, it was all just like it was at the expense of the match instead of at the enhancement of the match. Like, so it was just one of those that on, on like the previous Raw, I think. Seth Rollins was saying, I'm not even really thinking about this match against Nakamura. I'm worried about <laughs> Dean Ambrose. And then I'm like, well, what the fuck then? If you're not going to care about this match, why should we care? <laughs> exactly. And then at least, and I thought it was great. Like then, then Nakamura's next promo was, oh, Dean, or Seth, Seth Rollins broke my heart. He's not caring about this match, but I'm going to. I'm like, okay, cool. At least he's, he's, he's trying. This could be a cool match. It could be fun. But I think that like almost, I don't know if it was brilliant storytelling in the ring that like you could tell <laughs> that that Rollins didn't really care about this match and like that was him like putting that forth in his performance or if like he just legit didn't care because you could tell it wasn't nearly as good as it should have been um for a match like this it really ended up like like when you think about it this should have been a dream match like you said and it really wasn't like there were the even like the, the the Seth Rollins spots that he always has in every one of his matches, like the, at the end there where he kind of gets on the roll and does all of his signature moves, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that stuff. And even then, it it felt a little off, and right. I don't really know why. Like it's it, they didn't like I don't know if it's that they don't have good chemistry together, or if they just didn't have enough time to to build it, or if Nakamura's had no storyline. I don't know if he's been in Japan this whole time and didn't have a chance to talk to anybody about what what they wanted the match to be or what. But like it just it's it all felt a little bit flat, flatter than than I was hoping it would be. Like it, yeah. like they they had a lot of cool reversals of moves and and like getting out of getting out of the curve stomp and then and then doing the Kinshasa and then doing all these things that like 
should have been cool like but mm-hmm. it basically felt like they just checked off all the boxes and then just finished it that's yeah exactly like and i, I thought it was just me like i was just wondering like while watching it i'm just like i, I like i felt like it should have been better like even though they were and like you said they were hitting all the spots and kind of doing this and doing that and and i felt like the latter half of the match was better than the first half yeah. um you know like I, I definitely felt that it built up and and got better but it didn't feel like that dream match like it was supposed to be like it just felt off like you said it just, just kind of like you said they felt like they were just checking boxes i don't want to say phoned it in i don't want to say that at all but um but it just it didn't feel the way it should have felt you know basically so and and again Maybe it's because of the storyline, like the way you said, you know, Seth Rollins basically said he didn't really care about the match. Yeah. You know, Shinsuke, you know, again, he, he, I don't he tried. Like, yeah. I don't feel like he's been getting any good storylines, you know, like he's definitely uh, been knocked off the perch that he was on, you know, from NXT, which again, that's been a theme we've discussed throughout the night, just these NXT call ups floundering on the main roster. So, but what's crazy is that, like, Weird. he's the champion mm-hmm. like he's a u.s champion and he still had nothing like he hasn't even been on tv for most of these he hasn't even been in a bunch of the pay-per-views i'm like well, yeah i don't even get... like his outfit like the outfit even seems like a little <laughs> off looked, to me too right? all, all the blue it looks really weird like it, it's true suit. it looked definitely weird <laughs> and it, it didn't dawn on me until then that oh yeah he usually comes out in raw colors i guess it looks really weird in blue. <laughs> like yeah. He's wearing scrubs. I think someone said he looked like he was cosplaying as JD from Scrubs. <laughs> like, that's totally true. <laughs> that's funny, man. He came out again uh, at the Starcade event in the blue again. And oh, did he? Like, yeah, it's just like, yeah, it just looks weird. Uh, maybe that was another thing that threw it off. But uh, Rollins got the win here. And again, it's funny because for not having his head in the match and him thinking about Dean Ambrose, you know, he still picks up the win against a, a game Nakamura. So again, yeah, it's just, that, it's just, that also that made me mad. Like it's another one of those things that if I, where was Dean? I thought there was going to be some run in from Dean or something like that, and then and then either like Dean would 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 somehow like he would I don't know dirty D's both of them, and then Seth would win. Then I'd be okay with it. Like Seth uh, like rolls over and gets the pin. I'd be cool if if Seth won that way or or something like that. Like but. There's there's really no reason that Seth should have won. That just makes Nakamura look weak now. That someone who doesn't even care about the match still won clean and and fucked Nakamura apparently. Fuck you, Shinsuke. Like the like what are you doing? Like that there's there's that it makes Shinsuke look weak in this case, I think. Agreed. I agree. It's just it's weird when you, if you look at it in those eyes and from those that storyline perspective. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, what are they doing? And it almost to me shows uh what they think of Nakamura, at least as far as the people, you know, totally. running these main shows. Like they don't see him as a star. Totally. And yeah. what why does Seth have the the half and half shirt? Did yeah, they, did I they always explain that. that. Like, like you know. before, I think was it last year where he had half Raw, half SmackDown because yeah. it was like that one kind of made sense in continuity. But like, he still has it. He's clearly only Raw, so he was like half Raw and half Burn It Down. Like that made no sense to me. No, he Why did it. You know, the same thing. Same thing with the um last year. He did it with the Seth freaking Rollins shirt. I think. Oh, uh, was it that one? Yeah, the, yeah, last year. So yeah, I don't like the look of it. I guess it's uh, his way of showing like. You know, oh, uh, like what team he's on, but then still getting his shit in, which I is weird know. to say, but I, I don't like the look of it. I don't, yeah, like I don't either. 
Yeah. You know, just 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 wear the, the the raw shirt for the night and just yeah. Everyone else did. <laughs> like yeah. what the hell? Except for Shane. Except for Shane. <laughs> like during the the tag team match, he was the only one not wrapping uh, his team. He was rocking his own jersey. Shane O'Mac. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get to that. So uh, yeah, so again, you know, um, Rollins gets the win here. It wasn't quite that dream match, but it was okay. They did okay. Uh, maybe it's just chemistry. Maybe they need to to work with each other a little bit more. They are on opposite brands, so I think this probably was a a first time ever. So maybe they need time to to acclimate. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what happens in the future with those two. Uh, next match was the Raw Tag Team Champions versus the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, Akam and Razor with Drake Maverick versus Sheamus and Cesaro with the Big Show. So again, you know, they do the champion versus champion motif here. Um, the bar uh pretty impressive you know I, I didn't like the whole deal they did with them at wrestlemania losing to stroman and the kid but since they started featuring them on smackdown it was a little bit of a slow start for them on the brand uh but they always you know they seem to when they do decide to focus on them they do give them the push uh aop seems to have had like a start stop push on raw like you know they were doing good against jobbers they kind of they jobbed them out i forgot against who like in a singles match and i'm like man what are they doing they took them off tv for a couple of months and then they brought them back with drake maverick and have had them basically steamrolling everybody since then so uh they just recently won the titles uh which set up this matchup and uh again it was okay uh, I thought the right team won here because we've seen Sheamus and Cesaro. They've been around a while. I, I think AOP uh, being the up-and-coming team, again, dominant in NXT. And this is another call-up that I don't want to see fail. So I'm glad that they picked up the victory here. Uh, what do you think of the match? Well, I, I agree. I think that the right team won. And so, so again, it, with it, just like, like what TJ said, I, I think the booking was right. But I think the the continuity of it, the storyline of it, is such stupid, stupid horseshit. Like, what was the whole deal with with Drake Maverick pissing himself? Why yeah. was that? Like, that was that just makes him look dumb, and and then and then and just kind of tangentially makes AOP look stupid, and then it makes the bar look dumb because they lost based on that distraction of him peeing. Like, this is all just like. This is sometimes I forget that like wrestling is 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 made for kids and a certain like certain <laughs> age bracket of kids and I'm and I'm an adult is watching this stuff with adult eyes like mm-hmm. that was probably really funny to 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 certain certain like teenage boys or some shit or like if I was drunk watching this in a, in a bar in college I probably thought that was hilarious but like sober and looking at it again it, within the continuity of things like Drake, Drake Maverick is. He's like he's the the commissioner of 205 Live and has changed all sorts of things at 205 Live and made it arguably like when they put him in that position, obviously in kayfabe, like made that that brand a brand to watch and and, and has made 205 Live something awesome to see again. And then they bring him out here when AOP jobbed out. Was it even to like the B team or something like that? It yeah. was something yeah. stupid. And then by the addition of him made them great again. And then, like you said, steamrolling through everybody. And then to have him, have him just piss him, piss his pants to the big show for this, obviously what, what you would expect to be a one-off, like just comedy spot, which is so dumb, but like to have that actually happen 
it just undermines everything that they built with all of that. And I think it's it's I think this is one that damages all parties involved, which is unfortunate because it was a good match. Like I think that AOP is a really good like big man tag team. Like they're they're surprisingly agile for being two big dudes, and they've gotten so much better from when they debuted in NXT. And, and to, to where they are now, they got cool double team moves again also. And I think Cesaro and Sheamus are great. Um, I think Cesaro is one that is, is, is definitely probably my favorite wrestler on the, on the main roster. Like, mm-hmm. and has been for a while. He's one of the best for sure. Cause that dude can do anything mm-hmm. and make it look awesome. And, and so like, I don't know why they needed to do that in order to have this, this be the way that they want. Like they can like, AOP being the dominant team is for once in continuity and they could have just had them just win clean and it would have been fine. Like yeah. it would have like I, I like you said, I think Cesaro and Sheamus would have been okay in, in the loss because they've gotten they everyone knows that they're good and AOP needs to they need to continue the build. And I think having them win clean would have been a great like notch in their belt on Raw. Like they they, they could bring that up. Instead, they keep bringing up that Drake Maverick pissed himself. Like I think yeah. that is just stupid. That's it's it's bad. Yeah, um, it's stupid. I mean, in a way, it looks like they might have done it to try to protect Cesaro and Sheamus from the losing, because like you said, it was the distraction. But it's just it's just stupid. Just give these guys the win. You know what I'm saying? Let yeah. them look dominant. You 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 you're playing up the storyline of just Raw coming out on top. So you know, just give these guys the rub. Um, you know, it's it's a one-time matchup. Like again, you know, the people watching SmackDown weren't gonna remember it anyway. So, um, it just it's just yeah, that spot in particular, and then just the way they're playing it up afterwards, it, it sucks. It's it's like you said, you forget we're watching it with adult eyes, but forgetting that it, it's they're gearing it towards children. You know, so yeah, clear. <laughs> like that's that spot there obviously makes it that way. Like I don't even know why Big Show is is with them, if not for like. To, to have I actually no I, I don't know why Big Show is is with the the bar if not to like have them go up against New Day if they if that's the thing then like to make it a three on three or something like that maybe yeah. like it seems it seems an odd addition and an odd and random addition to to put him in there but like no explanation again I don't think it's really been explained either like you know yeah, he's like, just he just joined just, up just joined up yeah. is there it's helping him out you know like Unless they're gonna do like factions, and then you, you Sanity is a three man team, and then New Day is a three man team, and then they're a new a three day, a three man team. Like maybe if they're gonna push something like that, mm-hmm. I don't know. Or if like they bring the, the the Wyatt family back together or something like that, then and then factions become thing. I'd be kind of cool with that, but this right now seems pointless, especially with that end spot basically undermining like the the rest of the match. Like it. No one's talking about anything else that happened in the match other than that spot where he pissed himself, which is unfortunate because it was cool stuff, like you said. Yeah. So, you know, so AOP picks up the win there. Uh, you know, again, so Raw still up on the scoreboard, uh, leading to the next match, which was probably probably maybe the show stealing match of the night, in my yeah, opinion. Match. Yeah, it was um, great. Cruiserweight Championship, you know, so 205 Live getting a little bit of a spotlight here. The champion, Buddy Murphy, defending the title against Mustafa Ali. And uh, they gave these guys some time. And uh, and I loved that throughout the match that the crowd got into it. Yeah. They, they gave them a spotlight. And, um, you know, they got a This Is Awesome chant, which is hard because 
you know, a lot of what these cruiserweights do, a lot of the main roster guys do it to some of the bigger guys, you know, with the, the dives outside the ring and whatnot. Like, you, you get so accustomed to this stuff that it seems like what the cruiserweights are doing is not really that special. Uh, but these guys killed it. You know, Buddy Murphy reinventing himself since joining that roster. Mustafa Ali always putting on a great performance. So him getting the title shot here. Uh, these guys tore the house down, man. What do you think? Great match. And 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 like you said, I think this is probably my match of the night, too. Definitely the show stealer. And I love that the crowd was getting into it, too. Like, that was... Like, how often do you get 205 chance? Like, never. You never get that. But these guys really, they, they worked their ass off to try to to try to try do that. And and I think it was very successful. I think there were some really cool spots. Um, I love that they, they, they even in, in the storyline here, is that Buddy Murphy sometimes can't make weight in order to be the 205, but he was just <laughs> able to squeeze in the, the 205. So they so he, then he is the, the beast of that, uh, of the whole division. And then... Mustafa Ali, like you said, always a great, always has a great match, and I think like they they've changed him up a bit now. Like he's he he wrestles like with his hair down and and wet now instead of mm-hmm. in like the, the the ponytail that he used to have, and he doesn't have like the the deal of brown chest protector anymore. Like they let him go without a shirt now. <laughs> I don't know if that was because like he had to work out more, so they 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 finally let him now that he's finally like toned up mm-hmm. or what. But like it seems to. It, it certainly has done well, better for him as a, as a character. And I think that like the crowd gets into it more. He looks more like your standard, like your, your typical wrestler, which I think is obviously something that Vince wants. He wants him to look a certain way. Like that dude looks like a, an action figure now, which is great. Good on him, mm-hmm. man. And and so like this match was really, really good. Even just simple spots, like where someone gets pushed off the ropes or pushed off like a turnbuckle. They made that shit look brutal. They were pushing him off the turnbuckle into like the 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 guardrail outside. Yeah, like, damn, that really like good. that stuff looked crazy. And then there were some, there were plenty of amazing spots. And and like you said, there are a lot of big dudes in the main roster who do some of these spots. But like like Biggie will inevitably do that spear through like the middle ropes, and it'll look like he's about to kill himself doing it. Like to see it done like the the quote unquote the right way, but by these guys, it's it's a thing of beauty to see it happen. And, and I've always loved the cruiserweights and X division and all that kind of stuff. So this is already in my wheelhouse, but the stuff that they did here was, was some crazy stuff. Like that Spanish fly off the announcer table onto the floor was nuts. And, and like, just, just plenty of like uh, out of nowhere, like hurricane runners and, and, and all, all the stuff that, that you expect kind of from a cruiserweight match, but it was so well done in, in this match and like stuff that was done, like through the ropes and everything like that. A lot of crazy spots that I wasn't expecting done the way that they did it. So it was a, a really good, a really good showcase as to what 205 Live can do and what those two particularly can do. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad it, it was a nice showcase for the brand. Hopefully, it, it draws more eyes to the brand um, for people that might not be, you know, aware of it. You know, and and you could tell that those guys feel like they definitely don't get the respect that they that they earn every every time they tape that show because you know they put it out on the social media like you know like that's what it's all about. You know, what I'm saying like that's what we do. Um, you know, so obviously, you know, getting you know, that spotlight, you know, at Survivor Series on the main card, because again, they usually, you know, have these guys on the kickoff show, which don't, which doesn't count. Um, <laughs> so for them to have a prominent spot, I think meant a lot for them and, uh, and they killed it, man. They made the most of it. Yeah. 
I hope they get a good payday for being definitely in the middle of the pay-per-view now. Unlike like Neville, one of the reasons Neville, like, and, and Austin Aries or whatever, all of them, like they, they, what made them so mad is that their shit wasn't even included, like on the DVD and yeah. stuff like that, because it was pre-show. So yeah, hopefully these guys will get a good payday out of it because they deserve it. Yep. Yep. All right. So we had uh, the traditional five on five men survivor series elimination tag match raw versus SmackDown. So uh, we had a uh, team raw Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor, Bobby Lashley, Braun Strowman taking on team SmackDown, which was Shane McMahon, Jeff Hardy, Ray Mysterio, The Miz and Samoa Joe. So right off the bat, I disliked Samoa Joe getting eliminated so, so quick, like within 30 seconds of the match by Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Like I know McIntyre is a beast, but <laughs> Samoa Joe, like, damn, they yeah, did of all the people, he should have been the last one in, like, cause, cause that dude can go, but, but no, like he was out immediately. He attempted <laughs> to put on the coquina clutch and then just got just the claymore and out, like that was it. Yeah, so it's just like it's so weird, man. Like the the booking with him, cause uh, even tonight, you know, Starcade with AJ in the cage match, like. He's been having these phenomenal matches, but AJ, you know, has won every single time, basically. Um, you know, he 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 gets built up as a threat, but then just doesn't pull through like in in you know these main matches. So it's just just weird. And then to see him get eliminated so quick here when he's supposed to be like a beast and a monster himself. Yeah. Like I understand, you know, they're building a McIntyre that way, but I just felt like this was like damn, like they just did not do Samoa Joe the right way here. No, they they definitely didn't, and that sucked. And like just this whole match in general, there were some really fun spots and some cool spots and some, some good stuff in it. But like, again, we, we talked about the clean sweep for raw. So we know that the raw team wins, even though like the raw team was, there was just, the whole story was that there was dissension on the raw team from the get go. Everyone is always trying to tag themselves in or not wanted to tag someone else in and, and all that kind of stuff. Whereas the SmackDown team was like a, a cohesive unit and all that led by, the, the best in the world, Shane McMahon, and, and all that kind of stuff there. Or not led by, but but has him on the team and all that kind of stuff. And yet SmackDown just got wiped out. Like it's it's crazy that 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 this is how they ended up booking this match. Um like I don't again that 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 makes SmackDown look weak. Granted, they picked up these are the people that you pick for your SmackDown team. It's mm-hmm. like it's it's like 10 years ago, uh, all over again with, with, with Jeff Hardy and Rey Mysterio and The Miz and, and all that kind of stuff. But like, I, I, I don't get it. Like, yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm baffled by, by how this one went down. And again, there were some definitely cool spots in it. Like all all the stuff that Shane did. Yeah, I thought that was cool. funny. I thought that was like actually the funniest bits of the match. Yeah. With the Miz, like, come on, you know, having him do the coast to coast, and he he just had this look on his face, like after the second time, and then the third time when he wanted him to go up again. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you know. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like I thought they made Lashley look kind of strong in this match, which is weird because they've made him look weak on Raw. Like, so it's. <laughs> You know, he he looked pretty dominant whenever they tagged him in, you know, Strowman. And again, like you said, just, uh, you know, the tension between the members of Team Raw, but they still seem to dominate pretty, like, easily here. Like, it's just, yeah. uh, 
I don't know what the reasoning was to make SmackDown look like this with this pay-per-view. Like, I get it, like a shock. Maybe it's something people weren't expecting. Um, but then you expect to see it followed up on storyline-wise. And, again, we didn't see that in the fallout uh, yeah, after exactly. these shows. Um, so, you know, again, you know, some cool spots, like you said. You know, the survivors of Raw, I think, were Strowman, McIntyre, and Lashley. Everybody else in the match was eliminated. Um, you know, just... You know, I don't know, just raw getting another win. And again, I just want to see, you know, maybe we're judging too soon. Maybe there will be some storyline implications, but haven't seen it. Uh, You know, we always every year always have raw always saying they're the dominant brand. Smackdown's the B show. Um, and they and they usually kind of use this pay per view, and sometimes when they've done other raw versus Smackdown shows and they give kind of Smackdown the edge. Um, a lot of the times, cause just cause they do have that perception that they're the B show. So, you know, on these, on these, you know, face off shows, they give SmackDown the win, but they just totally just fucking decimated SmackDown and, and, yeah. and with no sense, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just want to see what kind of sense they make of this. Yeah, um, I, I don't get it either. And like, and even, even that, like yeah, who on who on the Raw team still took the pin? It's still a fucking Finn Balor. Poor Finn Balor. <laughs> yeah. Like they like that dude just can't catch a break. Like that you you knew Raw was gonna win and they were gonna steamroll over SmackDown. Yet you still have Finn Balor pin and then beaten up by his own teammates. Yep, like, Balor and Ziggler were the ones that, that yeah. took the pinfalls like, here. Like this. those two. Like they 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 just always are the ones that the that's there to take the pin, which is unfortunate because they're both great wrestlers. Um at least at least Ziggler's getting a lot of screen time with this teaming up with with uh, with Drew, Drew McIntyre now. Yep. And and Finn is getting more of a put like he's he's getting more screen time now, but he still loses all the time, or he'll win by some fluke way, which is starting to well not starting, which still pisses me off. Like it's, it's pissed me off for a while because that dude was so over and he was was just primed to get the hugest push, and then all of a sudden like absolutely garbage after that. Yeah, it's weird. Like you could see them keeping him like in a certain position where he gets his wins to kind of keep him in the mid card. But then you could see when they when they're putting somebody over him, like you know what I'm saying, like a certain character or whatever. Like and he takes a loss too, and it's like okay, like you could tell he's being passed over for the spotlight for that particular person. Like with McIntyre, I think is the current example now. Um, you know, he he, you could definitely see he's being groomed. Yeah. to be universal champion probably within the next six months or so um or within the next year and uh and he's definitely leapfrogged over finn balor like finn balor is not getting back there you know yeah for, yeah, for sure you. who do you think they're gonna have take the belt off of brock you think it's gonna be braun or do you think it's gonna be drew i think they could i think they're gonna go mcintyre man like i, I think, so I think too. brock i mean uh you know braun i think will probably eventually get it but i feel like they've just dropped the ball with him like he's yeah. he's had a shots he hasn't done it like you know i don't feel like they that they that they want to go all in on him for whatever reason i'm sure there's probably reasons um and you could just see mcintyre is is the one he's being groomed you know yeah. so. i think that they they they've i totally agree with you i think that they're they're pushing for for mcintyre to be the one now and i think rightfully so like if they do this right he's the one that's, that's building that momentum now and i think braun was he would have been the one the way to do it and then but then like then I think Brock like resigned or whatever it was, and then so uh, so so Strowman's push kind of got derailed, and then 
during that time, because they didn't want to take the belt off of Brock, like they changed Braun's character a bunch of times. It was it was healed and faced and healed and mm-hmm. faced and all that. And I think that now he he's just his heat is just so is just he just cooled off now at this point that yeah. he's not nearly as over as he used to be, which sucks for him because it's just it's all I think because because of how powerful or how great Brock's contract is, is that mm-hmm. once he resigned, like nope, I'm not losing it now. If, yep. if you want me in there, I'm I'm saying champ, and they said okay. We just want you in there. So, yeah. so he kept the belt, and Braun was was the, the timing was perfect for Braun to take it off of Brock, and then said, "Nope, he's back in." So, Braun lost. <laughs> yep, yep. It's like we're gonna go with Brock for now. Like you know, what I'm saying like like because Braun, I guess it, it ain't the one. He's the one there every week, but um, he's he's not the anointed one, not yet. Yeah. And and it and it seemed like at one point he was going to be, but then they they screwed it up, man. You know. They 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 went with Roman to take the belt off Brock. Roman got it. You know they turn instead of being going the natural way and turning Roman heel and, and having the heel shield against a, a face Braun that everybody was behind. They turn Braun Strowman heel. Yeah, and they, they, and they do the, the dogs of war. And then Roman goes out, and now all of a sudden, because just because of that, Braun Strowman is face again. And now yeah. we're supposed to be behind him again. And it's like, nope, too late. Like you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like you fucked up with him now. And yeah. so I doesn't I work don't really. Way. Yeah, I don't want to see him anymore. Like I'm, I'm like done with him. Like I'm, like I'm ready to see Drew McIntyre or somebody else step up, and it should be Drew. You know, yep. so, um, so Team Raw gets the win. They're uh, probably, I think, four zero at this point on the scoreboard. <laughs> uh, poor Team SmackDown and the guys on the kickoff once again. <laughs> so uh, next up, we had this was kind of cool, but again, the circumstances that came to the match fucked up. Ronda Rousey against Charlotte Flair. Uh, this should have been a champion versus champion match, Ronda versus Becky Lynch. But on Raw, Becky Lynch took a punch to the face by Nia Jax, uh, injuring her, catching you know a concussion and a broken bones in the face. So don't know how long Becky's going to be out. She chose Charlotte as her replacement. So interesting, right? Because we've discussed on past shows about we've always felt they were building up to Ronda versus Charlotte at WrestleMania. Yeah. And um, they had to jump the gun here due to Becky Lynch's injury and give it to us here at Survivor Series. So um, I don't think this match is totally off the cards for WrestleMania based off what happened here. Uh, But very interesting um, what they did. The match was kind of crazy. You know, again, I felt like it should have seemed bigger, you know, just based off what it was. But I think it's because they had to hot shot it. Yeah. And uh, and just what they did with Charlotte here, just her going all in on Ronda, going heel with the with the attack and the weapons, the disqualification, uh, which is you know uh, technically Ronda gets the win, but it's not a pinfall or submission win. Uh, so when these girls hook up again, you could you know get a true winner or loser. And uh, just I don't know, just interesting. It's it's kind of weird because. It's like, do they are they kind of doing this with Charlotte to kind of get her to the point where Becky is, and they weren't expecting Becky to be so over. So it's like they did this to, you know, maybe get Charlotte over to the point that Becky is. Like, I don't know, but Ronda took a beat down. Uh, kind of, I think this is kind of like a like a, almost like a pay your dues moment for Ronda as far as taking a beating in the ring. She had a lot of welts, a lot of bruises um came back the next night on raw still wrestled the match so kudos to her for that um 
you know, and for being a green rookie, man, they, this match uh, for what it was was pretty pretty compelling, especially with all the the antics from Charlotte towards yeah. the end. What do what do you think? I thought this is another one that one of the this is in the top of the matches of the of the card as well. So this one and the two hundred five live one, I think, are probably the best ones, um, and it's because. Like the the first half of this match was really really good. Like they did a, they did a lot of really good storytelling. Uh, again, it was instead of it being like the the battle of like the arm bars instead of like the disarmor versus versus Ronda's arm bar, it was now the figure eight versus the arm bar. Mm-hmm. And so they they kept they were doing all these wrestling moves and then focusing on trying to disable whichever limb was uh, would be affected by that person's submission. And I thought it was really good. And they did a lot of really cool stuff in there. A lot of cool spots in there too, um, and then you can just kind of, like you said, they they went all out. Like they they, I don't know if it was paying her paying her dues or if it was just we gotta just go all out with this, show that we can uh, on on a on a on a card like this where we we, we want to show that women can be just as competitive as men. Let's just do it. Um, but either way, like they they went all out. They were smacking the hell out of each other. <laughs> poor uh, poor Ronda got like like at least there were at least two botches from from Charlotte <laughs> this in this match. <laughs> one of which like just smashed her into the bottom turnbuckle, and the other one she got the elbow to the head, and then like like busted open her mouth. Yeah. So she was bleeding too, um, and, and all and all that kind of stuff. But like there were some really good some really good spots in here. And uh, and Rhonda still sells like as as well as anybody. Like she's a great seller to any of these moves that are done to her, which is real cool. Um, and uh, even all the way up until the heel turn, it was a it was a, actually a really good match. Yeah. Um, and then the heel turn made it extra compelling. I'm like you. I'm curious to see how this is gonna go. Like if if they, if this is legit, like just a Charlotte heel turn, or if this is the WWE saying. Just like you you had suggested here, like Becky got got really over by this kind of character. Let's make Charlotte this kind of character now, and then just mm-hmm. just just slotting her into exactly where Becky was. I think that would be that would kind of suck. I think that Charlotte is a better heel than she is a face, and I think that Becky in this case, now that they're not pushing her as a heel, they're they're pushing her as just kind of a badass, and. Just a, like like a stone cold kind of a, a character mm-hmm. that I, I I think if they do that with with Flair it's not as good it's it's still not as good it, it makes me feel that they still don't know what makes Charlotte good Charlotte is a great heel um, and while the kind of invi- the, the tweener is is better than the face she's still not as good as when she's the heel like Ric Flair was a great heel. Um, and then eventually just got so over that he could do whatever he wanted. But like his bread and butter was when he was the, the arrogant heel, which yep. is what Charlotte used to be when she was when when she was first brought on the, to the the main roster was that she was the daughter of Ric Flair and had all all this legacy and all that. She's better than all of you, and and that was she was great in that role. Like when she's she's certain people, her, the Miz, like some people are just born to be heels yep. and, and they really needed that, that. That's where they need to kind of play to those strengths. And I, I hope that's where they put that, which where they put her. Cause they really were kind of playing it off that way. Like you said, with all the kendo stick stuff mm-hmm. and, and then, and then the, uh, the natural selection onto the belt, which I thought was really, really well done at the end there. And then the her, chair like, spot. 
yeah, the, the, oh, especially the chair spot and then beating up all the refs and all that kind of stuff. Like that's definite heel turn material. Like yeah. I think that some people were saying that she was, that she did all that stuff in honor of Becky because she was channeling Becky, but Becky wouldn't have done that chair spot. She wouldn't have like beaten up all the refs and all that stuff because she doesn't need to. Like that, like like her whole character is that she just is. She's the man. She doesn't need mm-hmm. to, to resort to all those things. Um, so hopefully, like I said, this is a Charlotte heel turn and not just and not just let's put her in Becky's spot and and exactly Becky's character and getting it wrong. Hopefully, it's not that. Yeah. So it, it'll be interesting to see where they go because, uh, um, again, the, the results uh, that I got from this house show, the Starcade show, uh, almost seems to be like in contrast to what we saw here with Charlotte, like in Ronda. So again, it wasn't televised, so it's probably not meant for people to see. Um, but it, it leaves you scratching your head in, into the direction that they're going. So, you know, so supposedly Charlotte got fined a hundred grand for what she did to the refs uh, with the storyline that they followed up with on SmackDown. But with Becky being That's out, true. it's a it's kind of like a question mark for now. So let, we'll see where they go with Charlotte. Uh, we'll know a little bit more by the time we uh, discuss TLC, like in a few weeks. So we'll see what happens so many pay-per-views yeah yeah but i think it's like there's no more of these like special shows so now we should be getting back to like the once a month like tlc then it'll be the rumble and then whatever in february and then you know wrestlemania and yeah, stuff. i just think it's it's I, I like having all this wrestling it's just i think it's to the detriment of the storytelling when they have to have all of these all of these things in there they can't do anything long term because they have to keep shoehorning in a storyline and when it was stuff like crown jewel and all that kind of stuff when they had to try to like shoehorn in stuff for a guy paying a ton of money because he loves 90s wrestling like mm-hmm. that really threw things off i think but, <laughs> but hopefully they can they can stick to you storylines in somewhat of a normal continuity so, you know, we'll see where they continue with this. Uh, you know, we'll see if they if they go with Becky and Ronda for WrestleMania or if they'll continue with uh, maybe following up Charlotte and Ronda at that pay-per-view and maybe do Becky and Ronda, you know, once Becky is uh, better, maybe like around Rumble time or even before WrestleMania. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if they if they pivot um, just due to Lynch's popularity and then what happened here uh, with Charlotte. So, yeah. Uh, but that was pretty awesome. And uh, then that takes us to, uh, again, the champion versus champion, universal champion Brock Lesnar versus WWE champion, the new WWE champion, Daniel Bryan. So I thought this match was good. Again, mm-hmm. you, you you never know what kind of match you're going to get with Brock until you watch it. And uh, just like AJ last year, I, I felt like this match followed that formula to like a T. And it, and it proves that when Brock respects the opponent and when he wants to, he could have a great match. Yeah. Um, you know, it started basically like last year. So it was almost the same thing, almost too much to a T. Like I, I I thought they followed the game plan a little bit too much, but started the same way. You know, of course, Brian is the smaller athlete against the, the monstrous Brock. So he took a beat down, you know, the first, 10 15 maybe even 20 minutes of this match uh just you know suplex city getting thrown around uh it was hard to watch just knowing you know brian's history of you know concussions and head injuries there yeah. was a couple of those suplexes where he, he landed on his head where it was just like oof. yeah I, I love i love when someone gets taken to suplex city 
But again, there, there was that added level of realism because of because of all his concussions that I was like, ooh, damn. And then and then Paul Heyman like sold that shit so well. The whole time he was just mm-hmm. <gasps> has his hands over his mouth, like the whole time. Everyone <laughs> like, man, that guy is so good. <laughs> that was yeah, that was a, a great touch that I that I noticed as well, man. Heyman selling it. I, I loved, you know, Brian coming out in the very beginning and you know, uh, delivering a drop kick to Brock's knee, kind of like yeah. okay, like he's gonna take him out. Like I wish they would have did a little bit more of that in the beginning of the match instead of Brian just catching the beat down, beat down because it was the same thing aj last year just catching the suplexes and getting thrown around and tossed around and and it wasn't until you know halfway through the match where they made their comeback and and brock sold for them and you know gave them that hope oh you know victory um but ultimately he pulls it out so it was the same thing with brian here he wound up uh catching a beat down until you know when brock was trying to deliver an f5 uh, brian's feet hit the ref and uh, which allowed him to hit Brock with a low blow without the ref seeing it and then allowed Brian some offense in the match. And then after that, like, it was really, really freaking good. Um, yeah, lots, it was great. That, lots, that second half was awesome. Yeah, just lots of moments where you felt like, man, is Brian going to do it? And, and I felt like, man, like, they, you know, AJ didn't get the win last year, but I almost felt like, man, maybe they would give it to Daniel Bryan. You know, like, you never know what – um uh so that's kind of like how they made it seem how believable it almost was especially you know with the the running knee and then when he had him in the yes lock and uh and brian you know now debuting this kind of newer heel kind of character like that was also interesting to see throughout the match so um it was awesome man once brian got his offense going there, there were those couple of points you feel like he could pull it out um i loved it when he picked up Brian for the F five and his knee gave out, which you know, which yeah. Brian just drop on top of him and put him into submission hold. Like that shit was fucking awesome. That was smooth and it was really, really cool spot. I thought that was real good. And kudos to Brock in this. Like, like you said, like he's got he can do some great matches for people that he respects, I think. And during that second half, like it looked like he was actually like you could see it in his head, like scrambling, like, what do I do here? Like, cause he was not expecting that that turn that, that that to all of a sudden be like to have to scramble and try to figure out a way out of things anymore like it looked like he was almost kind of in a panic which is is really cool like you, you you so rarely see that from him that it was refreshing to see again i think it's not since the match against aj that one time like like you said it's it's been very kind of copy paste but it, it i thought it was still a, a a really cool part of the match and a really cool aspect of it and can you just imagine if Brian would have won? Like, damn, that would have been that would have been crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So, I mean, they did a really good job. I just, uh, I felt like the beating that Brian took was longer than the one that AJ took in last year's match, which again kind of made it seem a little uncomfortable because of the yeah. head injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I felt like overall that maybe once the match got going, that Brian did get a little bit maybe more offense overall than AJ got um last year and then once aj got going last year i mean it was great um the st- some of the stuff he pulled out but uh but brian here you know just he looked really good against brock and i know that was like a dream match for him it was a match that he wanted for a long time so good for him that uh even though it, it kind of it threw me off them giving brian the title and switching it off aj kind of like I last minute I the way they did yeah it's it's weird because AJ was getting such a good run and I, and I was looking forward to the rematch. I was actually hoping that, you know, AJ would get the win this year. Um, 
you know, so it, it's kind of weird that they switched it up like that. But glad that we got to see, you know, Brian versus Lesnar. Yeah, um, I'm glad it was a it ended up being a good match. It was very. I would have preferred about half of the beatdown, I'd say, in the beginning, or at least have it more <laughs> evenly spread out. Like it was just, it definitely was weird to watch, but, but real cool. I was hoping that like, like with all this like new like the new heel Daniel Bryan and this is the new Daniel Bryan, all that stuff. I want him to come back like shaved head, no beard, like like American Dragon style, or to be Brian Danielson. Wow. I want to see that. Like I don't think they'll ever do it, but I would love it if they did that. Like if like, because I think the the beard is is clearly like fans love the big goat beard and all that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. I would love it if he just said nope, screw that, and then just shaved it all off. No, nope, never does the yes chant anymore. Like all that stuff. I would have loved it if he just did that in true heel, true heel fashion. Cause I think uh, like it's even been brought up in the, in the group again, like he's, he'd be a great heel and I think he is a great heel. And so I think this could be really good. I just don't really understand why they took the belt off AJ then in order to do this. I think they could have made the, the heel turn first and then, and then eventually had him beat AJ and or something like that. Have him chase AJ as a heel or something. I don't know. I don't, yeah. I, I don't get this at all. Storyline wise, again, like the storyline doesn't make sense, but it, it, it makes sense that Brock would, of course, win against Daniel Bryan. Um, but I don't get it within the continuity of anything, but whatever. Like it was, it was still a cool match. At the end. Yeah, I think it was again another kind of like last minute shake up, um, because of all the changes to the card, like what will happen with Becky and stuff like that. So I think that decision was made on SmackDown, like. Let's just switch this up, get people and get like a buzz like going right before the pay-per-view. So, um, you know, still turned out to be a, a great match, even though I didn't like that. It essentially bumped AJ like off the card, you know, I'm a huge AJ Styles fan. So, yeah, me too. Me too. Um, so I heard he's kind of like renegotiating and stuff like that. He wants to start winding down like his schedule. Um, I think that was the thing. Like he actually even read that he was in favor of losing the title because, you know, being the champion, you know, the, the amount of dates that you're working and he was like a workhorse. So that's just, true. Yeah. yeah. He gets to spend Thanksgiving with his family now. <laughs> yeah. So I think he's looking towards uh, like a, a Randy Orton type contract now where he'll work like television and stuff, but he's not going to work like as many house shows. And so he'll have time off like throughout the year, like like set time off instead of like being yeah. you know, 50. That dude deserves it. If that's the case, he he deserves it. He works his ass off and has for many, many, many years. Yeah. So with that win from Brock, that brought Raw up to six and zero on the card. So uh, supposedly a clean sweep of SmackDown on the main card, and that's kind of like how the way they had to explain it. Because since SmackDown got the win on the pre-show, and, and then Corey Graves and and I think a couple, the other announcers were like were bringing it up. And they kept having to say, well, it wasn't the main show. It wasn't the main show. Um, so, again, I think that's kind of something that they, they didn't expect. and uh, Or else they probably would have given the Raw teams the win on the pre-show as well, just to make sure that it was a clean sweep. That could have uh, been cool. At least the, the Revival could have could have actually had a win. Got a win, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, again, the, the, some of the action, a lot of the action here was okay. Just some questionable booking decisions, I feel, like just a couple of weird things going on, yeah. um, which, again, we're still waiting to see the fallout for. So we'll see if anything comes of it. Um, doubtful, uh, considering the way things usually go on the main roster. 
Um, so I'll give this a, a three out of five. Uh, the effort was there, but compared to NXT from the night before, which to me was probably five stars plus, um, they they had a lot to live up to, and uh, they didn't match it. Yeah, I'd agree with you exactly uh, on that. And again, like like I said earlier, I wonder if it would have been different had we not seen Takeover War Games beforehand. Like maybe this would have been this would have been better. But like because because of of where where it lies, like it's like, huh. That kind of sucked in comparison. Yeah, <laughs> or just yeah. it just fell short in comparison. Yeah, they have it. It's hard. It's hard for them to live up, man. It, it really is, you know. So, um, I think the next time they're gonna do this is uh, for the Royal Rumble weekend. So that's the next time I think we'll have a takeover, which uh, right back to back with the main roster pay per view. So of course we'll cover those back to back, and I think the next main roster pay per view, as we discussed, will be um, tables, ladders, and chairs coming up in a few weeks. <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. Well, uh, but- you can assume that Jeff Hardy will be involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what kind of crazy shit is he going to do? Uh, hopefully nothing too crazy. Yeah, so let that dude rest already. I, I know he's always involved in a TLC match. Let him let him rest. He deserves it. Yeah. So um, WWE on the network they presented a special uh, one hour Starcade event on uh, yesterday, November twenty fifth, and uh, it took place from Cincinnati, Ohio. So the, it was filmed at a live event in Cincinnati on uh, Saturday the twenty fourth. Um, they did this last year where they basically just took the Starcade name, which was like a WCW staple, and used it for a house show. Um, they didn't air it last year, but they did decide to air one hour of the show on the WWE Network. Um, so we got that, and the show, from what they showed us, opened up with Elias in the ring, you know, playing a tune as he usually does on Monday Night Raw. The crowd was really into it, and uh, being that Starcade is a is an old WCW event steeped in a lot of that type of history, um, he welcomed the Nature Boy Ric Flair to the ring. Huh. You know, so that was actually kind of cool. Nice little segment with Flair. You know, being that Flair was a big part of Starcade back in the day, but he just he looks so frail nowadays, man. It freaking yeah. sucks to see him like that. You know, um, you know, you know, I guess considering, you know, the way he lived his life and stuff like that, it's like, who knows how much longer he'll be around. And I hate to say that. Hopefully uh, he's around a long time. But just seeing him like even like the rare times that we see Vince McMahon nowadays, I feel like the same thing with Vince. When we see him, I'm like, man, he's looking old, man. He's looking really, yeah. really old. He's got to get the steroids again. It's <laughs> 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 fine. <laughs> You know, so uh, it was cool. They brought the Nature Boy out, and Elias suggested that they sing a song, but they were interrupted by uh, Nia Jax, Mickey James, Alicia Fox, and Tamina. And uh, so they came out, but they were talking about how there was such big fans of the Nature Boy and Elias. So, you know, they wanted Elias to sing a song. You know, of course, you know, they're playing up Nature with the ladies and stuff like that. Like, of course, that the ladies, you know, <laughs> are fans. So uh, Elias started singing, but uh, again, Nia. And Alicia interrupted him during his song. Uh, so he winds up bringing out Sasha, Bailey, Ember Moon, and Dana Brooke for an eight-woman tag team match. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, of course, the typical, you know, heels versus face match. Uh, the faces picked up the win here. Uh, Sasha back. Uh, Sasha Banks picked up the win. I forget uh, who she got the win over. Uh, uh, probably Alicia Fox. Probably Alicia Fox. I think you're right. 
<laughs> you know, so um, yeah, so they picked up the win there. Nothing like again, this is a house show, so nothing crazy to speak of. Nothing much going on here storyline wise. I think it was just a just a kind of like a little special event just to throw out there on the network um, to bring up Starcade because uh, they usually this was the pay per view that they would u- usually do around this time of the year for WCW. So. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So like I I uh I was never a big WCW fan. Like I just kind of watched I watched the cruiserweights and I kind of got into it when Goldberg was was in his heyday and okay. uh through the NWO um kind of phase, but but just just kind of I just kind of glanced it over because I was a bigger WWE fan during the like all that time frame. So I didn't I never watched the Starcade or anything like that. So it's uh kind of interesting to hear the history there. And that, it, well, I don't know if it's exciting that this is this was the match that they had on there, <laughs> but, um, but but yeah, I forgot about Alicia Fox. That's that's one who's been on the main roster for a very long time. And why is she so sloppy still? Why isn't she better after like 15, 20 years in the business? Yeah, she's great at her character and stuff, but yeah, yeah in and ring she's work a beautiful. Is- her Northern Line suplex is gorgeous, but that's about all she's got. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I think you were right though. I think she might have been the one to eat the the pen. Yeah. She she usually <laughs> is. Um, you know, so the faces pick up the win there. Uh they after that they cut to uh the back where Samoa Joe was cutting a promo. And again, man, like this dude cut an incredible promo, which is why like it baffles me that he doesn't get a better push than what he gets. Like Yeah, man, he is so, he's so he's so good. You know, just talking about all these matches that he's had with AJ and you know, the, the definition of insanity, you know, doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result because he hasn't been successful. He's lost, you know, pretty much all these matches against AJ, but he said it, you know, and he was like, but he's like every time that he's fought, he's always taken a piece of AJ with him. Uh, that he's left, Samoa Joe's left the matches whole, but AJ's always been missing a piece. So just the way he just delivered this promo is just excellent. And, and again, um, light years above almost anybody else on SmackDown as far as cutting promos and uh and he should be getting a better a better push than what he's getting. Yeah, for so, sure. Um so just after that quick promo they went to the Miz TV segment back in the ring and again Miz was playing up to the crowd and bringing up, you know, the past arcade history and whatnot. So um he brought out Rey Mysterio who was uh wearing a neck brace selling his beatdown from Randy Orton this past Tuesday on SmackDown. And uh, surprisingly, seeing some continuity there. And then <laughs> he also brought out the U.S. champion, Shinsuke Nakamura. So, you know, Miz did his, you know, usual spiel, you know, on the talk show, which wound up leading into a United States championship match between Mysterio and Nakamura. So, you know, despite the beatdown that Ray took and they were playing that up about how he's it's impressive that he's even there having a match considering the beatdown that he took on Tuesday. Um, the match didn't really last too long. Uh, it was just a couple of minutes of back and forth before the Miz interfered and caused a DQ. Um, Miz and Shinsuke started ganging up on Rey Mysterio, which which had uh, so Rusev came out to make the save. Rusev, Ronald, yeah, Rusev of all people. So I don't know where that came from. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Rusev comes out to make the save, and Lana gets on the mic and challenges the heels to a tag team match. And yeah. of course, off we go. And this uh, is gonna be like Rusev for the the U.S. title, like against Shinsuke. That seems very random. Like, <laughs> I don't even know Rusev has been in the past, like for the past month or so. 
again, you know, he hasn't really been featured, you know, a couple of times during these pay-per-views, he's been on the pre-show. So just not getting featured in any type of way. But after that whole Aiden English thing, like he just was gone. Yep. They just did, uh, they did nothing. So, I mean, surprisingly, you know, he just ran out, made the save there. The crowd was still kind of into it. Uh, they had turned that into a tag team match and Rusev and Mysterio picked up the win. So, you know, no big surprise there. Nothing special to speak of. Just again, just something that they're throwing out there. Well, at least Rusev is, is wrestling still because <laughs> yeah. I like Rusev a lot also. So I'm glad that, uh, He's still working. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so and then uh, that brought us to the basically the main event of the show. It was just a quick hour um, that they presented on the WWE Network. So this was a steel cage match between Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. So no nice. title, obviously, on the line this time because AJ lost it. But this was his first match since losing the title to Daniel Bryan. And uh, another good outing between the two longtime rivals. Joe controlled the match, but AJ rallied back, and AJ again worked the the leg of Samoa Joe that he worked in one of their past matches, uh, which ultimately gave him the tap-out victory with the calf crusher. Um, and that was pretty much it. It's just a quick little presentation on the network. Um, there were other matches um, on the show, uh, so it was basically like a house show and stuff. So besides what we did see, um drew mcintyre beat finn balor and uh supposedly what i heard was a decent match um dolph ziggler was ringside for that um the b team went over to revival and uh what was was considered a toilet break match which kind of sucks so even on the house show circuit you know the revival aren't doing too well uh the bar defeated a new day to keep the smackdown tag team titles uh, Baron Corbin laid out an open challenge, which was answered surprisingly by Bray Wyatt. Oh, okay. Interesting. Bray Wyatt hasn't made an appearance since um, since September, since uh, Matt Hardy basically unofficially kind of retired. It's not really official, but Matt Hardy is no longer active as a wrestler, and uh, Wyatt's been on hiatus ever since. So he came out, answered the open challenge. It was said that he wrestled as a full-on babyface, and uh, he got the win over Corbin in pretty short order. Ooh, interesting. I'm glad. He had another one. I I really like Bray Wyatt, too, and is much better than than he has uh, been portrayed lately or as – as of his most recent match, which is like a year ago, yeah. But like, but like, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad he's he's wrestling again too. I'm I'm down with that. Even though, I still I, I would have rather they they reunited the the Wyatt family. But but I but what either way, I'm cool. I'm cool with this. This is good. Yeah, hopefully it'll lead to something on television uh, with him in the near future. Maybe a reboot of the character somewhat. You know, maybe give him a a real actual push this time. Yeah, you know, so we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Charlotte Flair wrestled the Suka Asuka and got the win, uh, which was basically described as almost like a repeat of their WrestleMania outing. So um, Flair got the win there, which is again, you know, with the history of Starcade and Ric Flair being such a big yeah. part, I would have figured maybe Charlotte, you know, having a match on the show would have kind of played into that history somewhat. Um, but they decided not to air uh, this match there, maybe to save Asuka in a certain way, maybe, you know, keep her from, keep the people from seeing her lose again. You know, I, I doubt that's the reason though. 
Yeah. So um, <laughs> like the septum in the past. Yeah, and then there was the fucking James Ellsworth and uh, and and what's Carmella. her name, Carmella. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, and this was the thing that I mentioned earlier, also, which was you know, despite the the vicious assault on Ronda Rousey at Survivor Series, um, it was said that Flair uh, hugged Oscar after the match like a true babyface. So it's like you know, what are they doing? Oh. <laughs> Uh, so yeah again I think that, that that whole thing that they do with uh, with all the with the female wrestlers is that they have to like all be friends i think that is also a very outdated and just like it it, it is to the detriment of any storyline they try to push with the women it, except for like except for becky who they seem to have let just go finally like everyone the other one that's all about like you're turning your back on your friends or this is my best friend and i've got these friends here everything's all about the power of friendship, which I think is dumb that like they do, they get all these like brutal matches and all that. And then they got to hug it out at the end. Cause they're still friends. And even like at the end of all in, even though like that, that kind of made sense, but like they had the, like the, the women there had an awesome match, a brutal match against everybody. And then they all hugged at the end. And so I can kind of see like within, like we just did this and the, at the, the biggest, the biggest independent wrestling pay-per-view ever and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. in that context i get it but from the context of like the, the canon of the show and like the storyline you're trying to tell like you were all just like just competing against each other like you don't have to like hug it out at the end like you can just yeah. be competitors that like, you don't have to be best friends and i wish they would stop pushing them all being all their best friends and i think <laughs> this this is kind of one of those that like why did they have to hug at the end they didn't need to hug at the end yeah so now it's weird about charlotte being a heel (laughs) yeah so for the people watching it's like yeah like it is confusing but since it wasn't meant to be aired or we probably won't see that it's probably it doesn't count basically yeah yeah Um, that legit doesn't count unlike the (laughs) (laughs) pre-show it's the same thing (laughs) so yeah and then uh so then you got the miss tv segment like we actually got on air uh, leading to that tag team match, the AJ Samoa Joe cage match, and then uh, we got a, ch- a match, uh, cage match between I- Intercontinental Champion Seth Rollins against Dean Ambrose, and Seth Rollins got the win uh, to beat Ambrose. Obviously, title not on the line, and uh, apparently that match was described as the highlight of the evening, which probably means that the the feud with them coming up uh, should be pretty good on television. Hopefully, yeah. That'll be. I think that, that that should be good, and that probably means that they're gonna have a cage match at. Well, I guess it wouldn't be a TLC. I think but, it is gonna be. Uh, it's either a ladder match or a, TC, a TLC match that's coming up. Okay. At, yeah. at TLC, yeah. they announced it already. Yeah. It, it it should be that should be good though. Like I think those two like have good chemistry. I think they're they're starting to diminish the coolness of Dean Ambrose's character now. Then like when when he first came back, he was. It was real cool, and then when he first kind of when he first turned heel, I thought it was really cool too. But now that they're kind of like explaining why he turned heel, he's losing some of that mystique a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think this could still be a good this this just to be a really good uh, feud. This will be good. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. They're they're already scheduled to wrestle for the Intercontinental Title at TLC, so that's one of the main events for that show. Uh, the Shield imploding, of course. You know Roman Reigns out with leukemia. Um, you know, so they're just going with that, uh, with the feud between the shield members. And, you know, it's funny, like, I just felt like they've gotten off to a little bit of a false start. Cause you know, we got 
you know, Ambrose turning, and I don't know if we discussed it on the last show that we were on, but, um, you know, Ambrose is the one that turns this time, and you got Seth in the ring cutting promos like, why, Dean, why, and you son of a bitch, and da 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 and it's like, dude, two, two or three years ago, you were doing the same <laughs> shit. Exactly. You were doing all, all this heinous shit. You turned your back on the shield, and you were fucking attacking them and doing all this craziness, you know, so to hear him saying that, like, why, and and you son of a bitch, and, you know, like, it's just like uh, it doesn't it rings hollow because yeah, it just, I totally agree. It's like, man, like the, the writers got to remember like it was, it, you know, if it was 10 years ago, like I get it. But this was just a, a couple of years ago that Seth was doing all this bad shit himself. So, yeah, I, I think it would if they, they really need to say, like, just bring it up. Like, what do you mean? Why? You you did this exact same thing. <laughs> and, and because of you, the shield broke up or whatever. But now they, they, they seem to have like. Like you said, forgotten all that, and so now, like it's they it, it just Dean is burning his 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 shield uh, vest and all that kind of stuff, and didn't really mention anything about it being because because uh, like Seth turned on them in the past and all that kind of stuff. It seems to be a missed opportunity, but yeah, uh, yeah. But we'll see. They 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 could have a like they they're, they're good together, so I, I I'm I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt for now. Um, even though it's already not going the way that I would have liked it to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. At least we know that the in-ring action is going to be incredible. Hopefully just the storyline stuff going on around it yeah. um, is up to par, you know? So you know, again, so two, you know, great shows, you know, again, the main roster doesn't live up, but takeover was great. Uh, the Starcade was a nice, just little, you know, one hour distraction on a Sunday night, which is pretty awesome. You know, I'll never turn down a wrestling um so you know it was cool man thanks for taking the time and uh joining me here as you always do for these shows i look forward to it yeah man before we uh head out for the night just why don't you let the people out there listening know where they can find you on social media yeah you could find me uh pretty active in the uh, roc facebook group uh, i'm paul chu um feel free to hit me up um i uh run the ROC blog or I manage the ROC blog, which hasn't had very many updates lately, but um, hopefully sometime soon, maybe within the new year. Um, and then uh, I'm on the building up to it. Lego podcast, part of the cool table network, as mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, it is uh, released on YouTube on the bricks and the dollar channel every Friday in the morning. And then uh, on iTunes and uh and I think Google Play shortly thereafter, though I'm not exactly sure when, likely whenever Ace gets a chance to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see the updates uh, from the Cool Table page and stuff. So I'm like, okay, the new episode is up. That's awesome. All right, thanks, dude. Well, once again, thanks for taking the time. And uh, we'll be doing this all over again in a few weeks for TLC. So can't wait Sounds to see. good. Looking forward to it. All right, man. Peace out. All right, guys, I hope you really enjoyed that. And once again, I want to thank Paul C. for hopping on and talking some wrestling here with me on Verbally Challenged. Always enjoy when we get to hook up and talk a little bit of wrestling. I look forward each and every single month to those wrestling pay-per-views. Can't wait to have you back soon, Paul. All right, guys, before we head out, remember to find me on social media everywhere at HarrikanBX. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Xbox Live, and the PlayStation Network. Everywhere on social media at HarrikanBX. You could also follow me on Instagram at Diaz 
for fitness. So quick shout outs. Remember to check out Realm of Collectors. We're on Facebook as a group Realm of Collectors and we're on Instagram at Realm of Collectors. Check out the podcast on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel. Enter the Realm and Breaking the Mold Mondays and Tuesdays respectively at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Those two shows are also available in audio format on all podcast pushing platforms. Don't forget MPSP Theater on Friday nights, 9 p.m. ish. Eastern Standard Time as well. Pull up a chair to the cool table. It's a hub for like-minded podcasts, including Shattercast Uncut, Nerd Rage Radio, Plastic Fanatics, Toy Detox, Stasis Lock, Building Up To It, Fresh Communication, Beer and Bolts 40K, and Eight Weeks. You can find the cool table on Facebook, along with links to all those other awesome podcasts. All right, guys, that's it. That's the episode. Thank you for the download. Thank you for the stream. Thank you for listening. I really, really appreciate it. We'll be back soon, real, real soon, with the next episode. All right, so please take care, stay safe, and peace out.